0: Costello, I'm going to New York with you. You know, Bucky Harris, the Yanks manager, gave me a job as coach for as long as you're on the team. Look have it. You're a coach. You must know all the players. I certainly do. Well, you know, I mean, I never met the guys, so you'll have to tell me their names, and then I'll know who's playing on the team. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you their names, but you know, strange it may seem, they give these ball players nowadays very peculiar you names. You mean funny names? Strange names, pet names like Dizzy Dean and his brother Daffy. Daffy Dean. I'm their French cousin, French. Gouffet. Gouffet Dean. Oh, I see. Well, let's see. We have on the bags. We have who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. That's what but I want to find I out. I say, who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. Are you the manager? Yes. You're going to be the coach too? Yes. And you know the fellow's Well, oh, I should. Well, then who's on first? Yes. I mean the fellow's name. Who? The guy on first. Who? The first baseman? Who? The guy playing who first. Who is on first? I'm asking you who's on first. That's the man's name. That's whose name. Yes. Well, go ahead and tell That's me. That's it. That's who? Yes. <laughs> Look, you got a first baseman. Certainly. Who's playing first? That's right. When you pay off the first baseman every month, who gets the money? Every dollar of it. <laughs> All I'm trying to find out is the fellow's name on first base. Who? The guy that gets the That's money. That's it. Who gets the money off? He first does, basis? every dollar. Sometimes his wife comes down and collects it. Whose wife? Yes. <laughs> That. Look, all I want to know is when you sign up the first baseman, how does he sign his name to the Who? contract? The guy. Who? How does he sign his That's name how he be? signs it. Who? Yes. <laughs> all I'm trying to find out is what's the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second Who's on first? One base at a well, time. Well, don't change the players. Well. I'm not changing nobody. Take <laughs> <laughs> it <I'm laughs> easy, buddy. I'm only asking you who's the guy on first base? That's right. Okay. All right. <laughs> on first base no what is on second i'm not asking you who's on second. who's on first i don't know oh he's on third we're not talking about him well,
1: let's about now let's how
0: did i get on third base why you mentioned his name if i mentioned a third base's name who did i say is playing third no who's playing first what's up uh, what's on second i don't know he's on third there i go back on what? third again <laughs> will you stay on third base right. and don't go off it all right don't even know. now who's playing third base why do you insist on putting who on third base what am i putting on third oh, what is on second you don't want who on second who is on first i don't know third, third base <laughs> Got outfield sure the left fielder's name why i just thought i'd ask well i just thought i'd tell you now tell me who's playing left field who is playing first i'm not stay out of the infield oh, <laughs> i want to know what's the guy's name in left field no what is on second i'm not asking you who's on who's second. who's on first i don't know third, third base <laughs> and the left fielder's name why because. Oh, he's center field. Me, this <laughs> <center field.
1: laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well Look, look, look. You got a pitcher on a team? Sure. The pitcher's name? Tomorrow. You don't want to tell me today? I'm telling you that. Go ahead. Tomorrow. What time? What time what? What time tomorrow are you going to tell me who's pitching? Now, listen, who is not pitching? I'll who break is... your arm, you say, who's I'm on first? Your... <laughs> I want to know what's the pitcher's name. What's on second? I don't know. Certainly. <laughs> to a catcher? Certainly. The catcher's name? Today. Today tomorrow's pitching. Now you've got it. All we got is a couple of days on the line. Well, you know, I'm a catcher, too. So they tell me. I get behind a plate, do some fancy catching. Tomorrow's pitching on my team, and a heavy hitter gets up. Yes. Now, the heavy hitter bunched the ball. When he punched the ball, me being a good catcher, I want to throw the guy out of first base, so I pick up the ball and throw it to who? Now, that's the first thing you've said right. I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so that's all you have to do. Just to throw the ball at first base. Yes. Now, who's got it? Naturally. <laughs> The ball to first base, somebody's gotta get it. Now, who has it? Naturally. Who? Naturally. Naturally? Naturally. So I pick up the ball and I throw it to naturally. No, you don't. You throw the ball to <laughs> who. Naturally. That's different. That's what I say. You're not saying that. I throw the ball to naturally. You throw it to who? Naturally. That's it. That's what I said. Listen. You ask me. I throw the ball to who? Naturally. Now you ask me. You throw the ball to who? Naturally. That's okay. Same as you. <laughs> don't change right. Same as you! get it I throw the ball to who? Whoever it is drops the ball and the guy runs a second. Yes. Who picks up the ball and throws it to what? What throws it to I don't know? I don't know, throws it back to tomorrow? Triple play. Yes. Another guy gets up and it's a long fly ball to be caught. Why? I don't know, he's on third and I don't give a darn. What? I said, I don't give a darn. Oh, that's our shortstop. In? Come in.
2: Crusader Athletics, as today we come to you from the Cincinnati Reds Youth Academy. We are in Roseland, as today it is Molar Baseball, as the Crusaders will take on the Golden Bears from Upper Arlington High School. Hi again, everybody. Greg Waddell with you, and happy to be with you on our first Molar Baseball broadcast of the year, as we come to you from the Reds Youth Academy here with Mike Jones today and Jonesy the baseball season has been going on for a few weeks but today they call it the opening day of the Reds Futures High School Showcase so they make a big deal out of this a lot of games going taking place here at this complex not only today but over the, the next month or so but just a, a great way to kind of showcase high school baseball in the city of Cincinnati yeah
3: Tom Gamble and Game On who produces this whole uh, project over the course of project. the month. they do a great job I mean there's probably 40 plus teams in baseball and a smaller number, but a good number of softball teams playing as well over the next uh, four weeks in, in this event. It's it's great. It's an opportunity to come play at a new complex, see some new uh, teams uh, up Arlington coming in from Columbus, and uh, it's a great complex here. It's the first time I've been here since they've really put it back together and uh, f- fixed it up, so it, uh, it's a good day for it just a phenomenal ball ball field
2: for sure they got three baseball fields they got a great softball Complex that can double as maybe some little league baseball as well now the field that the Moeller and upper arlington are playing on today They call it the main field. There's a nice little complex. You've got a nice bleacher seating We're in a nice enclosed press box, so we're away from the elements although not a, a bad day at all here as these two teams are getting ready to play. This is an all-grass field, grass infield, though. And we were talking before the game, too, as as we've had a chance over the last several years to broadcast Moeller baseball. Some of the fields that these young men get a chance to play on, a lot different than when you and I play. It's pretty incredible.
3: I mean, UC uh, has offered their facility up a number of times to Moller, both for practice and games and tournament games but the number of turf fields that are out there and the ones that are now just manicured very nicely after if their if grass is just so dramatic anymore it's really turned the the baseball playing activity yes. into be a, a special occasion so as
2: the uh, team's being introduced on the field right now the crusaders come in with a record of six and one there, there are games that have already been played and the crusaders off to a nice start record-wise six and one although last night they had to play a lot of extra innings. They went 10 innings last night to get by Ryle 5-2 to two, to get that record to 6-1 and one on the season. Upper Arlington comes in with a record of 3-2. and two. They picked up an 11-8 win over Central Crossing up in Columbus last night. So as far as these two teams playing each other, other sports, they'll, they'll play each other a lot. Football, lacrosse, baseball, I'm not sure what much history there is between these two teams, but... Anytime you bring a team down from Columbus to play a Cincinnati area team, you got that kind of regional rivalry. Yeah,
3: Upper Arlington's got a great tradition in athletics and academics. Uh, You know, probably one of the highlight schools for notoriety in the state of Ohio in that Columbus area. So it's it's a nice draw for uh, a team. Now they play in a conference that is it's pretty big and it's not very really very well known. I looked at some of the teams in their in their conference, and uh, you know, there's not a lot of big names. uh, I think. uh, Darby is in, or Davidson, Tillier Davidson is in there, and Dublin Kaufman's in there, but, uh, you know, they don't have that uh, high-powered league. It's pretty big. It's the Ohio Capitol Conference, and uh, something really I don't think down here in baseball we're all that familiar with.
2: Yeah, yeah, maybe some of the other sports a little bit more so, but baseball, well, we will find out as the Crusaders and Golden Bears from Upper Arlington getting ready for action as we take a look at the starting lineups. First off, for Upper Arlington, leading off and playing first base is Tommy Dills, Batting second at third base is Jacob Levy. The catcher is Sammy Sass for Upper Arlington. He'll be playing at Wright State when he finishes up high school. He will bat third. Batting fourth and playing right field is Ben Krim. Designated hitter is Ethan Hammerberg. There's a name for DH Hammerberg. Hammerberg. <laughs> he will bat fifth. Batting sixth for Upper Arlington and playing second base, Danny Jaskett. Batting seventh at shortstop is Andrew Wetzel. Batting 8th and pitching today is Charlie Fleming. And the ninth place hitter is center fielder Stephen Bear. For the Crusaders, leading off and playing 3rd base is Parker Allen. Batting 2nd and playing shortstop is senior Ryan Galaney. Batting 3rd at first base is junior Michael O'Callaghan. Batting 4th in center field is John Codner. 5th place hitter is right fielder Eric Bronner. Batting 6th, the catcher Quentin Morris. Batting 7th. Michael Tenney playing second base, batting eighth for the Crusaders, is the designated hitter, Bryce Davenport. Batting ninth and playing left field is Drew Machaki, pitching for the Crusaders today. Skinny, or uh, Skinny's doing the PA, uh, Jonesy, rather, is Justin Hornsmeyer. As he gets ready for action, taking a look at at some of his numbers and and getting a chance to uh, warm up here on the mound at the Youth Academy. Hornsmeyer has already pitched in, in two games to this point, only eight innings pitched thus far, though.
3: Yeah, I saw him get uh, in his last appearance against West Claremont, and uh, he kind of got ambushed early. Uh, He's a right-handed pitcher, and West Claremont threw uh, three lefties up there in their first three batters, and they each hit a little dinker over the shortstop's head. So he faced a bases loaded, nobody out situation after three batters and struggled a little bit there. I think he lost a little bit of confidence. The outside corner was not his, they were pushing him the other way, and then he went walk, hit by pitch, sacrifice fly, hit by pitch, and he was down three to nothing in that game very quickly. And uh, you know he, he finished out a few more innings. He pitched, I believe, three innings in that game, and I'm anxious to see how he rebounds with that today. It's uh, you know he, he did a nice job. I think he lost a little bit of his confidence after they were dinking and dunking him a little bit. He looked a little bit, uh, a little bit confused out there in, in the rest of the first inning. So he lasted three and. Uh, Moeller did come back to win that game.
2: He has pitched eight innings. He's given up 11
3: hits, 10 runs. Nine of
2: those have been earned. So ERA maybe a little bit inflated because of that one outing you mentioned there, Jonesy, at 7.88. But new game, and we are ready to get things going. It's the Reds High School Showcase. As we get things started here, the Reds Futures High School Showcase presented by Skyline Chili. Gamble better be bringing us up some uh, cheese conies here before we're all set and done with. As leading off for the Golden Bears is first baseman Tommy Dills at first pitch swinging. This ball hit in the air towards center field and drifting over and making the catch. John Cotner. one pitch, one out. Nice start there for Hornsmeyer.
3: Yeah, Hornschmeier, if I'm not mistaken, he started the game from the full windup against West Claremont and then decided he was just going to go from the stretch maybe just to try to keep his mechanics down a little bit and keep things a little simple. He's going from the stretch here from pitch one against Upper Arlington, which I find to be interesting.
2: Yeah, we'll see how that fares for him. Third baseman Jacob Levy batting second as pitch in. Another first pitch hitting to the third baseman as fielded by Parker Allen, The throw across and in time. And two pitches, two out for Hornsmeyer and maybe a little bit different start than what you saw last time out.
3: Well, I think it's a lot different, and I think that's <laughs> going to make his confidence go sky high real quick.
2: Throwing strikes certainly helps as well. So that will bring up the catcher, Sammy Sass, who will be, as mentioned, going to Wright State to play baseball. And Good school there for baseball. That's produced some pretty good players over the years. Orange by in Another first pitch swinging. This one hit in the air and drifting down the right field line. Towards the line going over to make the catch is Eric Bronner. Three pitches, three outs for Justin Hornsmeyer, a very nice start for the Molar Crusaders. Three up, three down. We're through a half inning here at the Reds Youth Academy as the Upper Arlington Golden Bears nothing and the Molar Crusaders coming to back on ESP Media, powered by Sunarm Sports.
4: We're back at Skyline to see what it is that makes people feel so good. So what's brought you to Skyline today? Oh. The Coney's, it looks Obviously like. Obviously the Coney's. Yeah. I love
5: Coney's.
0: You feel like you know everyone when you walk in the door. This
5: is a place
6: friendships were made. Great food, great
2: service, great people. Um, Anytime you ask the kids, where do you guys want to eat at Skyline?
0: It's delicious.
6: The cheese melts in your mouth. Anytime that I don't have to cook, that's always a good thing. You never have a bad meal at Skyline, ever.
4: Feeling good. It's Skyline time. What do you mean go get it? man that ball's way in left field. I don't
2: care what field is in. Will it Going to the bottom of the first inning here at the Reds Youth Academy with Mike Jones Greg Waddell Moeller baseball Jonesy I don't think you could start any better if you're Justin Hornsmeyer the Moeller Crusader pitches the pitcher three pitches three
3: outs Yeah, that's uh, you, you, don't you don't see get, it much. You don't get it very often and when we we're playing You know a lot of summer ball that the coach said if you get three outs and three pitches you got a steak dinner so I don't know if that deal holds with Moeller or not, but that was always the deal. That's better than the nine-pitch uh, immaculate inning that uh, Josh Hader had for the, the Brewers where he had three strikeouts on nine pitches the other night.
2: Yeah, that's a, a pretty impressive feat as well. So the Crusaders get through the top of the first inning in the field. They'll come to bat here in the bottom of the first inning. It'll be Parker Allen, Ryan Galaney, and Michael O'Callahan as they will be facing... A senior pitcher, Charlie Fleming, who will be headed to Denison University to pitch and play baseball. So, we'll see what Charlie Fleming can do against the Moeller Crusaders. Parker Allen comes in, leadoff hitter, third baseman, batting two twenty seven. A couple of RBI here in the, I guess it's still kind of the early portion of the season, and a swing and a miss by Parker Allen. As Charlie Fleming will kind of get a read on what he's got pitching-wise. Curveball, that went in, called strike two on Parker Allen. So a little movement on the first two pitches from Fleming to Parker Allen. Hasn't been a whole 0-2 pitch on the outside corner. Check swing, but he went around. Parker Allen strikes out on three pitches. And I think Parker Allen would like to have that last pitch back.
3: Yeah, that was a great 0-2 pitch. Painted the, uh, the outside corner, well, probably off the corner with an 0-2 pitch. And he was uh, on a check swing, got the strikeout. I'm going to bring up shortstop Ryan
2: Galaney, who off to a nice start, 409 batting average here through the first seven games. He takes a call at first strike, as he takes a look back at the umpire. Charlie Fleming working the ball around in the glove. The 0-1 pitch on the
3: outside corner, strike two. and
2: Charlie a, Fleming
3: a, right now throwing nothing but BBs. It's a generous outside corner, but you know now that they've established that, you've got to make the adjustment. 0-2 pitch, fouled straight back by Galaney. Nice cut on that one.
2: Ryan Galaney, a course also part of the state runner-up soccer team this past year, but baseball the main sport as that off-speed pitch stays up and out. Ball one. Galaney definitely looks comfortable on the plate as last year played a little bit of left field and third base but over to shortstop this year as he'll foul that one straight back on the one-two pitch. So we'll see Galaney Get another whack at it. One out here, bottom of the first inning. Charlie Fleming deals, and that ball hits straight up in the air, drifting back though behind home plate, and that will be out of play as that one over the press box as well. A pretty good cut by Ryan Galady.
3: Yeah, they got some pretty fun dimensions here on this field at the. uh uh, that's 300 down the left field line, only 335 to the power alley in left center. So there may be some guys who can reach that. The 1 2
2: pitch, that one just stays up. Fastball, ball two. Glaney not biting on that. Charlie Fleming looking into Sammy Sass, the catcher for Upper Arlington, on the 2 2 pitch. Off speed pitch, swing and a miss, strike three. And two strikeouts now for. Charlie Fleming to get things started here, and he'll bring up the first baseman, Michael O'Callaghan.
3: Well, Fleming's got control right now. He's got both uh, pitches, his fastball and curveball, both for strikes. He's hitting the outside corner, getting the call. Uh, a lot of confidence, and he's got uh, two quick outs here.
2: Michael O'Callaghan comes in hitting 450 in the first seven games, as he will take that pitch at the letters, but just a bit high, ball one. Michael O'Callaghan Nine RBI has a double as well. That pitch drops in for a called strike in the inside corner. Let me getting the both sides of the plate right now.
3: The 1-1 pitch in, swing and a miss, strike two. Well, quite frankly, he's earned both sides of the plate. I mean, you can, you can tell when a guy's really trying to get that corner, and I think the tendency is if, it's, if you're trying to get that close, the umpire's going to give it to you.
2: So Fleming up in the count to the third place hitter O'Callaghan and he will foul this one off. And that one will get into the Muller dugout. As O'Callaghan stays alive. Cal remains one and two here bottom of the first inning. On deck is John Cotner, the center fielder. 1-2 pitch and this one hit on the ground to the third baseman. Jacob Levy fields, throws close play at first but he is out. And Levy let that ball get to him but Enough an arm to get the ball across. And three up and three down for the Crusaders in the bottom of the first inning as we are through one inning here as it is the Reds Futures High School Showcase from the Reds Youth Academy. As Bowler in Upper Arlington, our scoreless through one on ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports.
5: Are you looking to produce your own podcast? ESP Media has state-of-the-art audio and video production studios available for you. Our studio rental rates are the most competitive in town. Contact us today at sales at ESPmediaSN.com or 513-655-4966. That's 513-655-4966. It's your podcast. We just produce it.
2: Back here in Rose Lawn at the Cincinnati Reds Youth Academy. It is the Reds Futures High School Showcase. Through one inning here, Moeller and Upper Arlington are scoreless, pretty good pitchers duel through that first inning.
3: Yeah, those guys were, uh, they were on it. They were working quick, they were throwing strikes. Uh, got enough defense behind them, although with Fleming, he had two strikeouts in the first inning, so he didn't need too much defense there.
2: For Upper Arlington here in the second inning, they will bring up right fielder Ben Krem. The designated hitter Ethan Hammerberg and the second baseman Danny Jaskett. Three pitches, three outs for the Crusaders. Pitcher Justin Hornschmeyer in the first inning. See what he's got here in inning number two as laying off that one is, is Krim, and he will take a called strike on the outside corner. And so the first strike for Ben Krim besides the actual balls put in play. That one just outside ball one.
3: Well, I'm sure both teams have noticed that that outside corner is available to them. A uh, little outside corner plus from this umpire, and you've got to notice that and take advantage of it.
2: I was thinking the same exact thing.
3: 1-1 one, one pitch. Swing and a miss by
2: Krim. He's down on the count now 1-2. and two. Ben Krim playing football as well at Upper Arlington. He was a linebacker and a punter and punted well enough that Offered a scholarship. He will be headed to Penn to punt. So, not only is he a football and baseball player, but smarty Smart. pants yeah, as he's a, well. He's a smarty guy, too. He's heading to one of the Ivies as he takes ball two outside. Looking at Hornsmeyer, what do you think velocity wise? He seems.
3: You know, I think it's fairly average. I'm, you know, I'm saying, you know, probably mid 80s. Woo! He yeah. dials that
2: curveball up and he freezes Krim for strike three called. And we were just talking about the velocity. and he – Pulls the strings on that one.
3: Yeah, I, you know, I don't think it's anything overpowering. You know, both of these guys have, you know, got, got good enough stuff. They're really spotting the ball right now. Uh, nobody's really a, I would consider a power pitcher at this point. Ethan Hammerberg, the designated hitter up to bat right now as
2: a left-handed hitter. Big boy that's told will get a chance to maybe walk on at Ohio State. He's got some size. He does have some size. Ball one, that one hits him. And he'll get the free pass down to first base. And judging, we were talking before the game, as he becomes the first base runner of the game, that's something the Crusaders have been a little bit guilty of here in the early going this season. A lot of free passes between the walks and hit by pitches.
3: Yeah, you know, I think it's really got to be of concern. So far, the pitching staff has logged 51 innings and given up uh, 24 walks and 10 hit by pitch. So you got 34 free passes and 51 innings, and that's a really bad ratio. Danny Jaskett, second
2: baseman, takes a called strike on the first pitch. So the first base runner is Ethan Hammerberg over at first base. And you mentioned in the first inning again that uh, Hornsmeyer was already pitching from the stretch. So he takes a look over. Pretty good lead by Hammerberg at first base. He's off and running. Pitch outside, but the throw is going to sail over the bag and into center field on the throw from Quentin Morris. He let that one go just a little bit early. and. Hammerberg will get the stolen base.
3: Yeah, that was uh, more than high and outside uh, on that throw. He just he just rushed himself, left his body open, and just sailed off to the right. Fortunately, that uh, Hammerberg didn't catch it early enough. It was almost thrown so hard, it was a couple hops to the center fielder, so he couldn't move up to third.
2: So a runner on second base now with one out. And that pitch on the outside corner, and that'll be strike two. So... One and two, the count here to Danny Jaskett. On second base here for Upper Arlington in the top of the second inning. Justin Hornsmeyer looks back at second base. He'll come plateward, and that one just up and out. Ball two. So the count goes two and two. Andrew Wetzel on deck for Upper Arlington. There's shortstop. First... Opportunity for either team here early on as stepping out is Danny
3: Jaskett. The outfielders are pretty much straight away and they're not all that deep. If there's something hard hit, I think they're going to have an opportunity to make a play at the plate if Hammerberg decides to try to stretch it.
2: Jaskett waits for the pitch. Curveball, that one outside. Nice job digging that one out by Quint Morris. And that, I believe, runs the count full now, 3-2. So, Hornsmeyer trying to wriggle out of a little bit of a jam here, a little bit self-induced. And that's a runner at second base. That one, ball four stays down low. So, two on, one out now for Upper Arlington. As that'll bring up the shortstop Andrew Wetzel. So a walk and a hit batter, kind of what we were just talking about there, Jonesy.
3: Yeah, certainly not a bad uh, at bat for Hornsmeyer there. You know, to get ba- first base open and put the double play and the forces back into play for the molar defense. Uh, he, he nibbled well, and uh, he just lost him on a, on a pitch down low. So the, the umpire's given the corners, but not the low pitch today.
2: Andrew Wetzel, the shortstop, uh, spinning around is Hornsmeyer. He'll drive the runner, Hammerberg, back to second. Andrew Wetzel getting a look from Marietta College to possibly play some college baseball as he'll swing at the first pitch. and. Val, this one back out of play as headed towards Richard Skinner's car. Skinny, the championship basketball announcer for the Moeller Crusaders. He's still waiting to get sides for the ring, part of that championship run. We were the B team on the, on the broadcast for the, the basketball. We got to do one game together, and I think you did a few periodic games here and there, as did I. As Strike two called to Andrew Wetzel. So,
3: every once in a while, Kent McKenzie was out on assignment. Uh, <laughs> exactly. For, for a real job, and I got the opportunity to work with Skinny on some games. We had a good time. It was a great season. It was, it, was, it was really it was magical. It was, they, they just did so little wrong all oh, year long.
2: That was an amazing run to watch. That is for sure. The 0 2 pitch, swing
3: and a miss, off speed pitch, strike
2: three. a big strikeout there for Hornsmeyer. As now, that'll bring out the pitcher
3: Charlie Fleming
2: with two outs and two on. A nice job coming back there for Justin Hornsmeyer.
3: Yeah, that's a big out with uh, men on base there. It gives him a little bit of confidence, got the swing and miss. Now we got two down with two on. So Charlie Fleming,
2: the pitcher, trying to help himself here as that first pitch will stay outside ball one. i gotta make mention of this as well. well we'll we'll do this now charlie fleming his father actually went to school with me at bowling green back in the day we attended church quite often together during was that the name of the bar down on there? <laughs> i can neither confirm or deny hard hit ball to the shortstop but galaney fields he will take the easy route over to michael Tenney at second base and fleming hit the ball hard but right at galaney and Meyer wiggles out of a two-out jam as we will head to the bottom of the second inning. No runs, no hits. Two men left on headed to the bottom of the second inning. It's Upper Arlington and Moeller scoreless on ESPN Media Powered by Sidearm Sports.
5: ESP Media has been producing and operating websites, mobile apps, game films, broadcasts, and social media content since 2010. We have entered into an exciting partnership with Sidearm Sports, the number one provider of collegiate athletic websites in the world. If you're reevaluating your athletic website's overall look and day-to-day operation, ESP Media can assist you. Reach us today at 513-655-4966 or email us at sales at ESPmediaSN.com. Join ESP Media and Sidearm Sports to be the the leader
2: with Mike Jones Greg Waddell back at the Cincinnati Reds Youth Academy it is the Reds Futures High School Showcase not only is it presented by Skyline Chili but Cincinnati Children's Sports Medicine and Orthopedics That's a lot of words to say. I
3: I won't ask you to spell orthopedics.
2: (laughs) It's it's a good thing because I couldn't. (laughs) I would just say it into my phone and see if it spells it right. Copy and paste. O-R-P-E-D-I-X.
3: Exactly. O-P-E-D-I-X.
2: Bottom of the second inning here as Upper Arlington had a little bit of an opportunity, but pitcher Charlie Fleming hit the ball hard at the shortstop and a nice play by Ryan Galaney. Got the Crusaders out of that jam. So the Crusaders batting into bottom of the second inning. John Codner leading things off center fielder hitting 235 as he will take a first pitch that one looked down but called strike on the crusader center fielder fleming taking advantage he's got 17 pitches so far and 14 have been strikes he's painting it up this one off speed and that one just stays outside ball one condor a left-handed hitting center fielder for the crusaders he's got four hits here in the early going as he will foul that one off Actually, swing a miss, and now he will be down on the count one and two. Fleming, though, D is done a nice job. He's given the Crusaders chances to swing, but he's putting the ball right there. One-two pitch, swing a miss, and going a bit away. Left-handed hitting Codner, but he swung through it, and three strikeouts out of the first four batters for Charlie Fleming. And I'll bring up the Crusaders right fielder, Eric Bronner.
3: Well, as a coach, you can't ask Fleming to do anything more than he's doing now. You know, again, not overpowering, but he's using both sides of the plate and he's throwing strikes just consistently. I mean, he just needs a machine out there right now. And he first pitch to Bronner is a called strike. Eric
2: Bronner, the left-handed hitting right fielder, hitting 368. Four RBI in the early going. And that one, oh, that one went on the outside corner called strike that one looked a bit outside but getting the benefit of the call was Fleming so now up in the count on Bronner 0-2 That it stays up fastball and ball one I think you have to make the adjustments Jones I mean you see it's a wide strike zone today. yeah it,
3: it does take a little time first time through the order you can see other guys go up there and see that the outside corners are being called but it, it's first time up it's just hard to pull the trigger Thinking that that's outside, and quite frankly, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to put it on the umpire. He, he gets his strike zone, but you know, these are pitches your coach would probably say, yeah, you ought to you ought to lay off those to see if he's going to call them. Now that he is, you got to make that enough. adjustment.
2: Fleming just missed on ball two, and now ball three, uh, that one outside as well. So we alert the media. Back to back balls, yeah. So full count now, to Eric Bronner with one out here, bottom of the second inning. And that would check swing, but he holds off, and that is ball four. That one did not miss by much.
3: And that was over the plate, just a little bit high. So again, we're looking. At, you're taking a look at the umpire. What are we going to get today? What do we need to cover? You better cover out, cover the corners. Uh, but you know, high and low, you you're you're playing it pretty straight there. Catcher Quentin Morris to
2: the plate now with a runner on and one out. Nineteen. 19- at-bats for Quentin Morris. He's got four hits here in the early going with a two eleven batting average. First base runner for the Crusaders comes via the one-out walk. Eric Bronner at first base as he will bounce off, and first pitch is fouled back by Quentin Morris. It's a strike one on the catcher for the Crusaders.
3: I don't think Coach held his run as much this year, maybe even not as much last year. Remember, it was yeah. two or three years ago. He was... They were over 100 stolen bases. They were just stealing them all day, every day. It just depends on the talent that you bring to the field. That ball outside,
2: even to count up at 1 and 1. I, and, and doing one of our, uh, our baseball podcasts with, with Coach Held earlier this season, he talked that he, he wanted to be a little bit more aggressive on the base paths, but situations obviously dictate that. And as a throw over to first base, diving back is Bronner.
3: Hey, you got to take all factors in consideration. You know, the field itself, you know, what's the catcher got, how quick is the move. You know, they haven't seen uh, Fleming's move at all until that last pitch. Off
2: and running now is Bronner. The throw down is not going to be in time. Bronner will get the stolen base. Sammy Sass, we mentioned, will be headed to Wright State. So, obviously, he's got some skills there. It was a close play at second, but Bronner in ahead of the tag.
3: It was a good, a good play. It was a good throw. Just got underneath barely. Uh, but it puts a man in scoring position with one out
2: so now quentin morris with a runner in scoring position see what he can do gold bears had a runner at second in the top half of the inning as quentin morris fouls out straight back to the netting so evens up the
3: count at two and two this is also the opportunity for muller now to see how fleming does out of the stretch with you know a little bit of pressure on him you know before he's throwing strikes and really not much being put in play with three, three strikeouts already so you know, see what the pressure does to the pitcher uh, when when Moeller comes to bat here. Fleming looking back.
2: at Bronner at second base. This ball hit on the ground. A shortstop as Bronner will head to third base. The throw over to first in time as Quentin Morris made it close. And Bronner advances on to third base. So two outs now. As that will bring up second baseman Michael Tenney. The Crusaders 190 feet away trying to at the plate here, bottom of the second inning.
3: A shortstop there, Wetzel. He took his time on that one. He, he, did. he clutched a little bit more. I don't think he's going to get away with that uh, later on. He better not pat the glove that way again, or he's going to end up losing a base runner.
2: It was Quentin Morris, the catcher running, and made it a close play at first base as Fleming's first pitch is outside ball one to Michael Tenney. Crusaders will run our third base. Tenny takes called strike.
3: There's that outside corner again. I think he's wise to continue to go out there.
2: Tenny hitting an even 300. He's got three hits and ten at bats in six games played thus far. One one pitch off speed, and that one fouled off in the dirt. And now Fleming up in the count one and two as Upper Arlington trying to get out of a little jam here in the second inning. Crusaders able to free themselves out on. First and second with one out jam at the top of the half of the inning. Michael Tenney waits the, other, the one-two pitch. That one fouled straight back and out of play. Tenney will stay alive. Tenney does have two RBI here in those first six games and ten at-bats. Trying to drive one in here as Charlie Fleming up in the count to Tenney. Here's the one-two pitch, off-speed. That one will stay outside. Even's count up at two and two. Designated hitter Bryce Davenport on deck for Moller. Should Timmy reach base? Two-two pitch. This one lined up the middle and into center field. A base hit, and into score
3: comes Eric Brauner And a base hit by Michael Tinney. puts the Crusaders up one nothing. Well, Timmy stayed on that very nicely, a two-strike approach and. That's one of the few mistakes, on, I think, that uh, Fleming's really made. That caught the middle of the plate. He didn't ha- really have much room to play with. He didn't want to give up another base runner. So he had to groove one and ten. He did exactly what you want, right back up the middle and gets the RBI. So the Crusaders' second baseman with his third
2: RBI of the season put the Crusaders up one nothing, and that will keep the inning alive for designated hitter Bryce Davenport who will foul one off. Anyone drifting back behind home plate now to play. Well, the Crusaders take advantage of the walk by Charlie Fleming. And they'll try to add on as Bryce Davenport, he will foul this one off the third base and will head over to one of the other fields. And Fleming up in the count now
3: 0-2 on Bryce Davenport. Well, as efficient as, as uh, Fleming has been so far, he had 16 pitches in the first inning. He's up close to 28-30 to 30 right now in the second inning, so they're putting a little bit of pressure on him. Off and running is Tenney as that ball in the dirt, and not fielded by
2: Sass, so an easy stolen base for Tenney as he'll head on down and count one and two to Bryce Davenport. Well, a good pitch to run on for Michael Tenney, at least the location of the pitch. I yeah, the not only
3: I uh, it was a little low and outside, and dirt, was also a breaking ball, and Tenney got a good jump. Davenport will
2: call for timeout in the box. So another runner in scoring position for the Crusaders trying to add on. Already leading it 1-0. Bryce Davenport. That's just his third at bat all season. And he takes that pitch outside in the dirt ball too. As Sass had to dig that one out. So a nice opportunity for Bryce Davenport here in the limited chances he's had early on. Early Fleming looking back at Tinney at second base, here's the 2-2 pitch, that'll be a called strike three, that one throws up Davenport as Upper Arlington gets out of it and a runner at second base stranded, but the Crusaders do push across a run as they get one run on one hit, they leave a runner at second base, and we head to the third inning, the Crusaders leading Upper Arlington by a score of 1-0 on ESP media powered by Sidearm Sports
6: at robert half we know finding the right employees is a job in itself and it's a job we love you see robert half isn't just a staffing firm we're people people who believe in finding the right people to fit your company's needs because employees who are a good fit are more productive more engaged Finding a great candidate isn't easy, but at Robert Half, we know it's possible. Robert Half, the experts in accounting, finance, IT, legal, marketing, and administrative staffing. Learn more at roberthalf.com radio.
2: Back here in Roseland, the Cincinnati Reds Youth Academy. Moeller Baseball on ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Crusaders push across a run in the second inning as we go to the third inning. Moeller up by a score of 1-0. Upper Arlington will bring up their 9 batter and back to the top of the order. Steven Baer, the center fielder, will lead off here in the top of the third inning. Two-out hit for the Crusaders drives across a run in the top or the bottom of the second inning. We'll see now what Justin Hornsmeyer can do with that as Stephen Bear, the center fielder, a left-handed batter, leads off. First pitch, and this one lined down the right field line, and that one headed toward the corner as headed around first to second base is Stephen Bear, and he'll be in with a first pitch leadoff double and first hit of the game for the. Golden Bears it comes from their ninth place hitter in the center fielder, Stephen Bear. Has a nice piece of hitting.
3: Nine-hole hitter, left-hander. Uh, likes it just where like it, left-handers like it. Low and inside, he just dropped a barrel on that ball and put it right down the line for a double. Nice start for Upper Arlington.
2: So the leadoff batter at second base and back to the plate is Tommy Dills, the first baseman. Left-handed hitter. Swung into first pitch and flew out to John Codner at center field as... See if he's going to look at a little bit more of a pitch this time as Bayer bounces off second base. Hornsmeyer looking back. First pitch on the outside corner off speed. Called strike. A little change up there by Hornsmeyer.
3: The Mueller defense would tell you that they are not expecting the bunt in any way at all. And uh, he didn't, Dills didn't show bunt either. So they're going to try to rely on swing, try to pull one to the right side as a left handed hitter.
2: Bear bouncing off as that pitch inside spins Dill's away. Ball one. Count even up at one and one. Crusaders leading at one nothing here. Top of the third inning. Sun's starting to peek its way through here. A little bit brighter skies through the clouds. One-one pitch. That one down low. Fastball inside. Ball two. That one didn't seem like it missed by much. But.
3: I like he's trying to come in on the hands, although, you know, that's what the batter's trying to do. Uh, you know, he's, Dills is trying to pull it to the right side to get that runner to third, but Moller's decided to go inside rather than try to stay outside and make him push it to the left where the runner wouldn't be able to advance.
2: Dills calls timeout. Hornsmeyer peeking back at second base. Steven Baer was there. So Hornsmeyer steps off back on now as count to leadoff hitter Tommy Dills two and one pitch in that one just missing inside ball three and all of a sudden that black on the inside corner must
3: be covered up by some dirt yeah he's definitely been given the outside corner quite a bit more than the inside corner three one to count to tommy dills as
2: orange Meyer We'll pitch that one in and ground it to the first baseman as Michael Callahan will field and he'll just go on over to first base and tap that one as heading on over to third is Stephen Bear, so one out in the first inning and for third baseman Jacob Levy to the plate.
3: Well, Dill's the leadoff guy, left-handed hitter. He certainly did his job there. Get the runner to third with one out, so a productive out, as they say.
2: Levy was part of that three-pitch. Three out, first inning. He grounded out to the third baseman his first go round. Yeah, As Bear down the line at oh. third base, that pitch just missing ball one. <laughs> Not sure where that was at, but maybe just a bit low. Orszagmayer looking in for the Crusaders. 1-0 pitch. And that went off the plate. Ball two. Grumbling from the Moeller folks here, thinking. Those pitches are close. You can't this, win if you're an umpire. Yeah, I'd say at
3: this point, <laughs> Muller's going to concede the run on a ground ball to the infield. There's nobody inside the baseline with a possible expe- ex- uh, exception of third baseman who creeps in a little bit with the pitch. But certainly in the middle, and if they're ground ball to first base, I think it's, uh, if it's not got a ton of pace on it, they're going to go ahead and concede the run on a ground ball.
2: The pitch stays up for ball three. So 3-0 count to Jacob Levy. That one will be a called strike. Maybe he hangs off that one. And a fastball in.
3: Good test for Hornsmeyer here. Pitching under pressure.
2: 3-1 pitch coming in, and that one fouled straight back, and so Hornsmeyer's managed to work the count full now as he comes all the way back. So one out, runner on third base for upper Arlington. Top of the third inning with Crusaders leading at 1-0. The payoff pitch to Levy, and he'll stay up, ball four. And Levy will head on down to first base as second walk allowed by Hornsmeyer. And we're going to see the Crusaders pitching coach come out to take a little trip to the mound and talk with Justin Hornsmeyer.
3: Yeah, I think uh, Hornsmeyer tried to overthrow that one a little bit and wanted to get, uh, put a little, little something on the fastball and just stayed up high on him. Coach Stocker going out to settle him down, play a little bit of what are we going to do here on first and third, runner leaving early. It's still fairly early in the season in high school. You know, guys leaving early, uh, delayed steal. You know, where are, we, are we going to throw through? Are we going to fake the throw? What are we going to do here? Sammy Sass, the catcher,
2: flew out to right field his first at-bat. So the meeting on the mound will break up as pretty much all the infielders in, talking about what Jonesy was just talking about, and see what Sam Clark, coach of Upper Arlington, has in store. And Sammy Sass, the catcher, right-handed hitting batter with runners on first and third, Levy at first, Bear at third, one out here, in the Top of the third inning, and that one off the outside corner, but a called strike to Sammy Sass.
3: That's the spot. I mean, that's where you got to, you know, if you need a strike and you really don't want to guy to get a good look at it, the outside corner is the spot today. I, I think Upper Arlington, has got they've got to run. I think they've just got to test Muller see what the catcher can do. The first throw he had was into center field, wasn't even close. I think it takes away the double play. Uh, you know, we don't know Upper Arlington all that well, but Levy looks like a pretty good athlete. Yeah. I can't imagine they're not going to run at some point turning us at bat.
2: And not have an over big lead as that 0-1 pitch in the dirt ball one with Levy not even acting like he's moving. Not a real big lead by Levy the first two pitches.
3: About three. Yeah, he's, he's got to get off more if he wants to. He's still creeping a little bit.
2: The 1-1 pitch at home. This one hit in
3: the air towards center field.
2: And that one's going to get over the head of Codner and get to the warning track. One run is going to score as Levy around third. He's headed towards the plate. No throw by the Crusaders. And that will be a two-run double for the catcher Sammy Sass. And Upper Arlington takes the
3: 2-1 lead. Well, Sass did what you're supposed to do with with a groove fastball. You know, Hornsmeyer's been able to play the corners pretty much, but that one's right down Broadway as the Cowboy would say, and he did what he's supposed to do, hit it all nearly to the wall at 360 mark out in right center, clean double with two RBIs, runner from uh, Bayer scoring from first.
2: And really, honestly, we we were talking about Levy and whether he was going to get that lead off of first base. He didn't really have all that big of a lead, but he was able to get all the way around the base path. That ball out into deep right center field, able to clear the bases as Ben Krim takes a whack at that first pitch and fouls it straight back for strike one. So Hornsmeyer able to get out of a jam in the second inning, but for Arlington have two across here in the top of the third as they lead it now 2-1 on Moeller. Hornsmeyer looking in, no one pitch. That one on the outside corner called strike two. It's been a pretty consistent pitch it has been. I, w-
3: I will say that for him. It's, uh, you know, he's at the inside position uh, over the catcher's uh, batter side shoulder, and so it's a little more difficult to see that outside corner, but he's, he's given it. And he's been consistent with he it. Has Seemingly. Been. Yeah.
2: 0-2 pitch up for ball one.
3: Consistency is important for, oh, sh- yeah. for sure, but if it's really off the plate, as quite frankly, as much as it looks like it is, it's tough to practice. Uh, you know, kids having to go out and get that pitch.
2: Sammy Sass at second base, one-two pitch, Ben Krem. The right fielder takes in the dirt. Nice block there by Quentin Morris as he knocks that one out in front and not able to advance to Sammy Sass. The count even's up at 2 2. Nice job by Quentin
3: Morris behind the plate. He's got a catcher's body. He's just he's yeah. just a big big kid, solid red hair is probably the most attractive thing about him. <laughs> is that ginger to ginger? Yeah, he's a ginger. Well, he, he's Ben Krim waits 2-2 two,
2: two pitch, and that one curveball and that would just stays inside. I
3: think Krim thought that was going to hit him. I did too. I, I don't know how that thing came back in, quite honestly. It looked like, I thought he, he thought it was going to hit him I too.
2: He, he almost stood straight up as that ball dropped in, but just stayed inside. But that runs the count full now, 3-2 with Sammy Sass at second base, and a 3-2 pitch just outside, ball four. And Mueller folks not happy with that one, but third walk of the game
3: now for Hornchmeyer. Puts runners at first and second with one out. Well, Hornchmeyer certainly picked the right spot. He was going for the thing that, the, that would give him the best advantage. He didn't miss by much. Uh, that, I won't say that pitch has been a strike there. It, it did seem a little bit further out. I think the umpires was not willing to ring him up on one that far out
2: bring up the designated hitter Ethan Hammerberg as he was hit by a pitch his first at bat as he takes ball one so two on, one out two in for Upper Arlington here in the third inning, they lead it 2-1 Ethan Hammerberg an opportunity to drive in more as he will hit this one in the air but this will get out of play foul down the third base line even to count at 1-1 one, one. Hornschmeyer, trying to get out of a jam, is giving up a couple of doubles and a couple of walks, and two runs in for the Golden Bears from Upper Arlington. Hornschmeyer looks into catcher Quentin Morris. A one-one pitch. That one fouled off the hands, and we'll run the count now to one and two. Hammerberg, the designated hitter, he's a big kid.
3: He is a big kid.
2: Left-handed hitter, the dimensions 330 down the line in right field, 360 to the alley. Hammerberg will step out. 2-1, Upper Arlington leading here in the second inning. I mentioned the Crusaders played a long one last night. They had a 10-inning game last night. Finally outlasted Ryle with a 5-2 win. So he played that was almost dark last night. And This ball hit in the air, in the infield. and That's going to be an infield fly called. Uh, the third baseman is Parker Allen. He will make the catch. So, Hornsmeyer
3: able to get Hammersburg
2: to fly out or pop out to a third base for the second out. That's a big out, Jonesy.
3: That is a big out. You know, that's uh, you get guys on base and Hortzmeyer you know, got a couple walks and they've hit a couple of loud balls off of him, too. So, it's a, it's a test for him to see that he can perform under this pressure. Now he's got two down with runners still on base, but he knows where to go. That fastball in the outside corner is going to be his ticket.
2: Danny Jaskett walked his first at-bat. He'll take off the plate. Ball one. Two-one. The Crusaders trailing here to Upper Arlington, part of the Reds Futures High School Showcase opening day. We've got games all around us here, Jonesy. Softball out in the right field. Back behind us a couple of games. I know Princeton is playing right now. Swing and a miss from Jaskett. Fastball. By Hornsmeyer, he was the count at 1-1. The sun really starting to peak out now. Temperature's mid-60s. I don't think you could ask. Tom Gamble could not have asked for a better day. He's owed days like this. Yeah. I've, I've done PA here. Richard Skinner doing the PA here. We've been here where we've been bundled up, and it's been snowing on this opening day. Swing and a miss into the glove. of Quentin Morris Well, just tipped into the glove. And now Danny Jaskett down on the count 1-2 clouds though kind of obscuring that Sun but pretty nice day all things considered Orange Meyer trying to get out of a two on two out jam one two pitch will stay up and out he was a count of two two On hey, deck, what things happen
3: here uh, three you know you don't want to go three two runners get to start on the pitch this is the moving pitch for for molar here
2: George Meyer looks in, now looks back to second base, back th- towards home, and that was up and in, ball three, so that will run the count full as the runners will get a chance to be off and running on the pitch, and Lynch Meyer has walked three in the
3: game and hit a batter. Now back to that ratio of free passes, you know, we're in the third inning and they've got four free passes. Here comes the thrill cow pitch, swing and a miss, strike three. Danny Jaskett swinging through a fastball.
2: And Justin Horsmeyer able to get out of the jam, but not before. Upper Arlington picks up two runs on two hits. They leave two runners. We will head to the bottom of the third inning. Upper Arlington leading Moeller by a score of two to one on ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports.
5: The newest urban sports bar is in Covington, Kentucky. Just a block and a bridge from the banks in the historic Roebling Point District. Smoke Justice is a -a one-of-a-kind sports bar. Named after the opening day pitcher for the Covington Blue Sox in 1913, Smoke Justice offers smoked meats, specialty whiskey, a great craft beer selection, live music on the weekends, an adult arcade, and all the sports you can handle join us beginning November 1st for a week of celebration in Covington. That's Smoke Justice 302 Court Street.
2: Red's Futures High School Showcase on ESP Media powered by Sidearm Sports. Skyline Chili as always. Helping out things sponsoring this. It'll be the nine, one, and two batters for Moeller as they come to bat here in the bottom of the third inning, trailing by a score, Jonesy, two to one. Justin Hornsmeier had to throw a lot of pitches in that third inning. He's up to 50 pitches now through three innings and see what he's got left in him. But right now, the Crusaders get a chance to equal things up as Drew Machaki will get his first licks in.
0: Number three for Moeller, left number one, Drew Machaki.
3: Yeah, the 51 pitches for Hornsmeyer is pretty much right on the money. You know, we were always to look at 17 pitches an inning, and that's, he's right on that mark. So, you know, I think he's, he's been efficient with what he's needed to do. Actually, uh, Fleming's got a few more over the 17 average at this point. We'll see how he can get through the third inning. Yeah, he gave up a run in the bottom of the second inning and the first pitch in to Machaki is outside ball one.
2: Left-handed hitting
3: Drew Machaki. I understand his brother got his first uh, hit as a Kentucky Wildcat this weekend. And the
2: younger Machaki hits one hard, but right at the second baseman, fielding his jacket as he throws over to Dills and one out. So congratulations to the elder Machaki. Yes. Who yes. Nice little pipeline the Molar's had with the Kentucky baseball the last couple of years.
3: Yeah, they, they were probably very happy to have Riley Mahan at uh, UK. I yeah. believe he's starting in high A. Um, Philip Deal, who was pitching for the Yankees, was hoping to get Triple A this year. He got traded to Arizona, as I recall, and they've Little assigned Colorado. Colorado, and they've they've assigned him to Double uh, A to start the season.
2: Yep. And we'll have to also talk about some of the other college guys, uh, Tyler McDonough, and what he is doing right now down at NC State. Is back at the top of the order, Parker oh. Allen. Swings on the first pitch and it takes called strike two. So he's down on the count now 0-2. Yeah,
3: If you're a true Moeller baseball fan and you want to see how they're doing, get on the NC State uh, website for baseball. McDonough was a late signee for uh, as Fleming completes a strikeout there on, on Allen on a swimming and a miss. Um, he was a late signee with North Carolina State. And he ends up, and as a catcher for Moeller, he ends up starting in center field. I'm uh, batting fifth for the North Carolina State Wolfpack they are number one in the country He's batting fifth and playing center field. He leads the ACC in number of hits uh, Tied with one of his teammates take a look at that website see what he's putting he's together been Incredible uh, the coach was talking on tape the other night about a game where he had a two-run homer that gave him the lead and Just couldn't stop talking about molar baseball Cincinnati and uh, talk brought up uh, Andrew Brackman and Eric Sirkamp and uh, the pipeline of Cincinnati. He's He's had a fabulous freshman year, and hes they're on the number one team in the country. They're like 28-2 and two right now. and He's
2: a huge part of why they're number one. It's, and, and it it seems like every game they're playing, you're seeing some kind of a tweet with his name involved yeah. in it, getting game-winning hits or big clutch hits at clutch times. Ryan Galaney fouled the first pitch off, and he'll line this next pitch into left field at base hit. Ryan Galaney, good piece of hitting there. as. He rips that one into left field. The future player for Wofford will be the first base runner here in the third inning for the Crusaders. So one on, one out, and they'll bring up first baseman Michael O'Callaghan. I think the, the really cool thing about what Tyler McDonough has been able to do, though, and you mentioned it, there, Jonesy, was he was a late signer too. I mean, he didn't sign as a junior or, or anything else. He kind of weighed his options, and boy, look at the options, how it's paid off for him.
3: If I'm not mistaken, he may have verbaled to Missouri at one point, uh, but that kind of drifted away. I don't know if he just took it away. And, you know, take a little bit of a chance waiting that long, but he was a late signee, and uh, North Carolina State is thanking their lucky stars. Oh,
2: without a doubt. Michael O'Callahan takes a call at strike and swings and misses on the next pitch. So he's down to the count now, 0-2 to Charlie Fleming, who struck out Parker Allen. He now has four strikeouts in the game.
3: I, I take a base here if I can. You know, 0-2 count figures not going to be on the plate, maybe an off-speed pitch, and that gives uh, would give Codner a chance to start the next inning off as a uh, as a leadoff hitter if it, if it didn't work out. Even if he got thrown out, he still got Codner leading off the inning with not being down on the count.
2: Glaney bounced off, but the pitch was fouled off, and Glaney didn't make a move towards second, so now O'Callahan down on the count, 0-2, or remains down on the count, 0-2. Now Glaney off and running if this ball hit in the air, but will get foul over the... First base dugouts. Galani will head on back. It's like you've done this before, Josie. I've seen a
3: couple games here and there, worked (laughs) on Coach Held's staff for a while, so have a little bit of feel, I guess. I used to know the signs. When I used to do this, and I'd say, I think this would be a good pitch to go, I got to tell you, I knew the signs, so I knew when he was going to send them.
2: This time, Galani does not move, and a foul by Michael O'Callahan as he just fights that one off and got a piece of that one.
3: I no longer know the signs, but I'm going to keep my eye on Coach Held just see to just see if he's giving anything. There's some he's giving. He didn't give any signs in the last pitch. This one he did. Again, I, I don't. I don't care if Upper Arlington knows I'm going to go. I'm going to try to take it.
1: Sure. Um,
2: nice lead for Galeni at first base, and he is off and running. And that pitch fouled back again. So a lot of pitches here, Michael O'Callaghan fouling a bunch off.
3: Well, that's it's probably going to get. Um, O'Callaghan an opportunity here for fastball. Now that Upper Arlington knows that he's, you know, he's going to try to take a base, they're not going to go for that, you know, a break, slow breaking ball or something in the dirt on an O2 pitch anymore. They're going to try to bring something that the catcher can handle so he has an opportunity to throw the runner out. And this time a throw over to first base, got and Akin
2: Galady leading,
3: and he is picked off first.
2: And well, instead of getting thrown out at second stealing, he gets picked off at of first base. And that will end the inning. So no runs, one hit, no runners left on base. We'll head to the top of the fourth inning. Upper Arlington leading the Crusaders. Tim Hell not happy with that call, but he'll argue it. We'll head to the top of the fourth inning. Crusaders trailer 2-1 on ESPN Media, powered by Sidearm Sports.
4: Alabama Fish Bar, the Taste of Cincinnati 2017 winner. Alabama Fish Bar located in Over the Rhine at 1601 Race Street, Cincinnati. Go to alabamafishbar.com to learn more about this 26-year-old staple serving the freshest fish in historic downtown Cincinnati. Open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Closed all major holidays. If I pitch, can you catch? Will you hold the ball?
2: Back here at the Reds Youth Academy, heading to the fourth inning. Bowler trailing Upper Arlington by a score of two to one. Josie Tim held not happy with that call over at first base. Ryan Galaney picked off to end the inning.
3: Yeah, we didn't get. I looked right into the wall as I looked over to first base from the press box. I didn't get a good look at it. I did see him lean a little bit. I think he was going to go again. They just caught him on the on the lean and picked him off.
2: Not sure if. Tim thought maybe, I don't know,
1: if I wasn't necessarily watching Fleming on the mound. Did he?
3: Well, he's talking, yeah. He, what do, what do if you? he had been, I think he would have been talking to the home plate umpire uh, if he thought it was, you know, that he had done something yep. in, in a balk area. But it was probably on the tag, whether it was late, high, or that he missed it. I don't know. Tim has a pretty good view from third base.
2: Hopefully we're going to have another podcast with Tim coming up on Monday. So we will ask him about that. Uh, top of the fourth inning and off speed pitch. Fouled off the hands, Andrew Wetzel leading off for Upper Arlington here in the top of the fourth inning. Hopefully we'll get another one of those podcasts in with Tim Held. We've done a couple of them so far, and I know it's kind of new territory for Tim Held. You were in there with us last time, Josie, yeah. so we're going to get you involved more as we go through these. But kind of new territory for Mueller baseball. A one pitch way outside ball one. So it will be Wetzel, Charlie Fleming, the pitcher, and Stephen Baer, the center fielder, seven, eight, and nine batting here for UA in the fourth inning and pitch up ball two.
3: Yeah, the pit number of pitches that Horst Meyer's thrown is, is not a high number at 52, but he's only got 27 strikes. I'd like to see that percentage be up a little bit. In comparison, Fleming's thrown 55 pitches with 40 strikes.
2: Wetzel fouling that one straight back to the netting. Remember, though, first inning, he only threw three pitches. That's true. And so they were uh, three, stri- <laughs> three strikes. <laughs> three pitches, three outs. So one and, or two and two the count to Andrew Wetzel, the shortstop for the Golden Bears. As he struck out his first at-bat, he'll stay alive as he fouls that one up and out of play. remains two and two here. Fourth inning, with upper arlington putting two across in the third inning after moeller had scored in the bottom of the second so 2-1 our score leadoff hitter wetzel even an account as horsmeyer deals and this one hit in the air towards left field getting back and making the catch as drew machaki as he reaches up and makes the catch just shy of the warning track wetzel hit that one hard but Nice job by Drew Michaki to track that one down. Yeah, that's one of those line drives right at you. It's difficult to judge
3: the, the height and the, the, the depth of the ball right off the bat. And it uh, looked like he took maybe a half step in and had to reverse field and go back and take it over his shoulder. But it was a nice play.
2: Charlie Fleming, the pitcher now, bats. He hit a hard grounder to the shortstop. That ended the inning with runners on first and second in the second inning as he takes ball one. The 1-0 pitch, this one hit in the air. That'll make its way towards center field. Uh, John Cotner drifts in a couple steps. He will make the catch. And two outs as Justin Hornsmeyer doing a little bit better here in yeah. inning number four.
3: Yeah, this is one you've got to put away now, although Bear did have that double down the right field line. I don't think they'll come inside and low to him a second time. <laughs> but it'd be nice to get this 1-2-3 inning and uh, get, the, get the bats back up in the bottom of the fourth.
2: Stephen Bear did have that double and came around to score last inning. As Hornsmeyer put that one at the letters, called strike one. And definitely not inside, though. No. Two out, two outs here in the fourth inning. The 1-0 pitch, and that oh. one. Oh, he pulls a string on that one, gets the outside corner for called strike two. That was a curveball. That looked like a curveball. Uh, yeah. Very late breaking curve. 0 2 pitch, and this one off the fist, hit to Galaney at shortstop. Fields throws, wow. and he got him at first base. Nice play by Galaney on the ball, not hit extremely hard. He had to go to his right to field that ball and then throw it quickly, but a nice strong throw Retires Bear at first base. We're through three and a half innings here. At the Reds Youth Academy, the Buller Crusaders trailing Upper Arlington by a score of 2-1 to one on ESP Media Power by Sidearm Sports.
6: For professional staffing, there's only one name you need to know
2: Greg Waddell, Mike Jones back here Muller baseball. nice Saturday afternoon. Crusaders trailing up Arlington by a score of two to one. As Crusaders come batting in the fourth inning. Of Callahan was at the plate in the third when Ryan Galaney got picked off. He had been in a nice little epic battle there with Fleming in that third inning. He had fouled a number of pitches off to stay alive, but get another go round at him here in the fourth inning. Callahan, Codner, and Bronner for Moeller. Callahan grounded out to third base his first time, and he'll get a curveball on that one as he swings and misses. Strike one.
3: Nice change of speed there on Fleming's ball. Staying outside, making it look tantalizing, and then just kind of drifted off the plate. Callahan swung through it.
2: He served up a steady dose of fastballs in that at-bat last half inning, or last inning, inside ball one. Back with a fastball that time. Callahan waving that bat around. One, one pitch, and that one off speed. Called strike two. Well, it seems to have pretty good command of those off speed pitches. So he's up in the count now on Michael O'Callaghan. One, two pitch. That one in the dirt. Ball two. Callahan came in hitting. on the season. He was leading the Crusaders with nine hits. Uh, He and Gawaini had nine coming in. Goaney had his tenth hit last at bat. This ball hit in the air right at the center fielder. Stephen Baird drifting back. He will not get it over his head. Heading into second base is Michael O'Callaghan as he has his second double of the year. A little shimmy shake out there at second base for O'Callaghan as the leadoff batter... On for the Crusaders.
3: Actually, it looked like he had to reach for that ball a little bit. When it was up, I thought it was going to be an easy catch. But, again, right at the center fielder, he turned one way, saw it was still drifting, turned to the other way, which is almost automatically death for an outfielder. So he turned one way, had to turn back the other way, and finally drifted over his head. I, I think it's a play it should have been made. But Muller will take it, and that will bring up Cotton, a left-handed hitter, who's going to work to certainly try to get O'Callaghan to third.
2: And Steven Bear, actually the center fielder not playing very deep as Fleming spins and fakes the throw back to second. Bear not, not too, I would say he's straight away, but he's not shallow, he's not deep. But well, it
3: looks to me like left field's playing deeper than the center fielder was. think yeah, you're right. That ball fouled off by
2: John Codner who struck out his first at-bat. I say there's a tying run out at second base if they can push it across. They get the leadoff hitter, O'Callahan on. Gardner waits down on the count of 0-1. Off speed pitch. He'll hit that one on the ground. Foul down the first baseline. And the count goes to 0-2. Crusaders coach down there. Getting a little grief
3: from the bench for not feeling that ball. <laughs> As they should. <laughs> well, Tim's got two former head coaches on his staff.
2: Jeff Keith, Scott Stocker, Dwight Malloy.
3: Jeff was the head coach at CHCA, and Scott Stocker was the head coach at Madeira last year. Coach Keith has been with him a couple of years, I think. But uh, Coach Stocker is new.
2: Charlie Fleming up in the count, 0-2. He'll keep that one outside to the left-handed hitting Codner. Takes the count to one and two.
3: clearly off the plate, not one you want to go with 0-2, but that has been called a strike today. That's true. That's, That's the th- tough part.
2: Godner waits. Fleming
3: deals the 1-2 pitch, and this one hit in the
2: air towards left field as drifting back is the left fielder, and he can't, didn't even, he could she not
3: make the catch, but the ball just went foul. Oh, wow. Well, I, well, I, I, I thought he caught it and was pulling it out. The umpire saying no play. I saw the ball get down. Yeah, I thought he did not. I couldn't tell if it hit the glove and went down. Or is he calling that a fair It's a foul ball. He was not very emphatic about the foul part of that. It was definitely a foul ball.
2: Sam Clark, the head coach for Upper Arlington, is going to come out and try to figure out what happened on that play. The left fielder went down into the corner, and uh, he got a glove on it you th- thought he
3: caught I thought it. He ca- Honestly, I thought he caught it. I thought he was pulling it out to make the play because it got, you know, that deep. You know, you're worried about a guy at second base tagging up and going to third. Well, he went
2: right to the, the left field corner. It gets very narrow right there at the corner as the foul line and then the fence that goes down that left field line almost kind of comes cuts back in yeah. towards the field, so it's at kind of a, almost like a pie point.
3: Now, the interesting thing is Codner standing on first base.
2: So are they saying it's a fair ball and the guy dropped it? Skinny's
3: saying it's foul ball, but Codner right now is still at first base. Well, I think what they're doing is saying he not only didn't catch it, it was in fair territory. Wow. Both of which I think are wrong. Um, But.
2: I think that. That. If that's the case, now did he pull the ball out? And did it hit the fence before? Did he? Ju- I that, that's going to be not an sure interesting. Why the ad- explanation because you know he, he
3: when I said you know he didn't really make an emphatic call whether it was a foul ball or not. At some point he just threw his arms up and what I thought he was calling foul ball, he was calling time out because what I the thought. ball would well, come was foul ball. That's but, no, th- but nobody advanced, um, so you know.
2: Um, the, the pitcher right now, Charlie Fleming, behind the mound, trying to figure out what happened. So, Codner's going to be at first. So I guess that'll go down as an error on the left fielder. Nobody advanced. So O'Callahan's still at second base, and Codner now at first base. So two runners on with no outs, and that'll bring up Eric Bronner to the plate. Bronner walked and scored his first at bat as he squares the bunt and pulls the ball, the bat back as it's ball one. See if the Crusaders go small ball here right now with third baseman Levy in at the grass. First baseman Dills as well in. Squaring to Bunt and pushing one down Great to point. third baseline. Bronner. And the only play is going to be to first base. And he's going to be safe. Bronner beats it out at first base as he bunted that ball down to third base line. And Levy fielded, but couldn't get the throw around quick enough. And now the Crusaders have bases loaded, no outs. Eric Bronner beats out the bunt for a hit.
3: That was a perfect bunt. The third baseman even hesitated to come in, which is exactly what you want. You want to make him make a decision. He finally came and got it, and it just wasn't quick enough. And uh, Bronner beat the throw to first barely. But a perfect bunt, I'm telling you. I don't remember the last time I saw a perfect bunt. High school, college, pro, it seems like it's a lost art. Yeah, he put
2: that almost right in between home plate and third base. So bases loaded, no outs, first pitch hitting is Quentin Morris as he'll foul this one up and it will drift over the first base dugout out of play. Big chance here for the Crusaders, trailing it two to one.
3: Upper Arlington's got their corners in and their uh, middle infielders back.
2: Quentin Morris, four hits and 20 at bats as that pitch just outside ball one. So, in at the corners. Somewhat double played down I mean not really double played in.
3: Well they're gonna try to yeah, they're gonna try to turn it if they go to the middle. But the corners, I would think, if it's something hit right at him, they're coming they're coming home.
2: Center fielder, Stephen Baird, not particularly deep either, no. as the pitch in, and this would off the fist of Quentin Morris in the air towards the dugout, but neither the catcher, Sass or the first baseman Dills able to get over and make a play as that was just fisted. Right towards the dugout. Uh, Went, Morris stays alive, but down on the count now, one and two.
3: What a great pitch by Fleming. He really got in on the handle there.
2: Bases loaded, no outs. Crusaders trying to tie things up and then
3: some. Michael Tenney on deck. Interesting that Fleming is one from the full windup with nobody out and bases loaded. Yeah. yeah. Stepped out, Morris did. Yeah, that's going to give uh, runners at second and first an opportunity to really get a head start you know, on, on their yep. lead, their secondary lead.
2: If they take advantage of a nice lead out at second base for Codner. And again, stepping out is Quentin Morris. So O'Callahan at third, Codner at second, Bronner at first, no outs. Moeller here in the bottom of the fourth inning. As the batter, Quentin Morris, and that one in the dirt, ball two. Just off the plate as well. On deck is Michael Tenney.
1: He
2: had an RBI hit his only at bat. Quentin Morris waits, 2 2 pitch. This one hit in the air towards right field as Ben Krim drifting towards the line, towards the fence. He makes the catch, tagging at third is O'Callaghan, and he will come in to score as the other runners, now well, the runners, second, Cotner. Also tags up and advances. And a foul out by Quentin Morris, but gets the run in as he'll get the RBI sacrifice foul out. And on to third base goes Codner, one out, and that will bring up Michael Tinney to the plate. A good base
3: running by Codner, that ball was in foul territory against the right field fence, and he went from second to third. I think if the runner at first, who was, uh, Bronner had seen where that throw was going. He might have been able to take second, but he couldn't be sure because the throw was coming in from right field. He actually threw it home, which was probably not the best decision uh, because they were never going to get him. Really, the throw would have been to make sure that the guy didn't go first to second, which they accomplished, but maybe not the right way.
2: Fleming threw over to first base, had Bronner diving back. Now the catcher sass out to talk to Fleming. And Tim Held also coming in to talk to the home plate umpire, What we got going on right now. Codner, the runner third base, started to come down as well with Coach Held. He was actually, Codner was talking to Michael Tenney while Held was talking to the home plate umpire.
3: Well, this is where things can get squirrely again. First, third, and less than two outs. Throw over to first base, trying to keep the runner close over there where you get, uh, again, straight steal, delayed steal, uh, leave early. Uh, you know, trying oh, to squeeze. judge where the ball, yeah. I mean, there's there's so many things that they can do here.
2: Well, Tenney's still waiting for the first pitch to come to him as Fleming keeping an eye on Bronner over at first base. As Tenney waits the first pitch, and that'll be off speed, stays up and out of the strike
3: zone, ball one. And nobody
2: swearing to bunt, nobody moving on the base path,
3: so. Said so uh, Upper Arlington got somebody in the bullpen. We can't see from our vantage point who it is with Fleming over 70 pitches now here in the bottom of the fourth. One of a pitch off and running at first base is Bronner at no throw at all. So
2: he will get the easy steal of second base as Tenney takes ball two. So now runners in scoring position. One in as we're tied 2 2. One out with Michael Tenney at the plate up in the count, 2 and 0. He had an RBI hit his first at bat. Infield's in tight now. And he will hit this one on the ground and by the shortstop who was pulled in and into left field as Codner comes in to score. Quick throw back in as Bronner will only get to third base, but Michael Tenney, another RBI base hit. He's two for two, and the Crusaders take the 3-2 lead.
3: Well, the interesting thing there where the ball was when the shortstop yeah, dove for it, Bronner had to jump out of his way and jump over the top of him. He might have been, Coach Held may have sent him to score normally, but he got held up hit he jumping over the, <laughs> the fielder there.
2: So now Tenny at first base as Bronner, you mentioned Jonesy, only to 3rd could couldn't score on that one, had to avoid the ball and the shortstop. So he's at third base with Bryce Davenport Batting and he'll rip one into right field. A base hit as coming in to score is Bronner around the third base goes Michael Titty They're waving him in. Here comes the runner to the plate, Titty He will score as in second base is Bryce Davenport as he will pick up his first hit of the year. And it is a two-run double as the Crusaders take
3: the 5-2 lead. Well, Krim was in right field, made the play, trying to make the play to hold the runner Uh, first to third, he bobbled the ball, and that gave the opportunity for Coach Held to send Tenney from uh, third on to score. So he scores on a double in right field corner. Uh, We don't need to worry too much about errors or so forth, but that bobble may have been the difference to get that second run in on that hit. So a five-run fourth inning here
2: for the Crusaders as they now lead it five to two as one of the coaches for Upper Arlington out to talk to Charlie Fleming. Not a bad way to get your first hit of the year for Bryce Davenport. Yeah,
3: that's solid. Run ripped. up a double there with a couple RBI.
2: You rip that one cleanly into right field right over the head of the jumping Tommy Dills at first base. So the Crusaders now leading it five to two with four runs here. Charlie Fleming's gonna stay in the game for now as that'll bring up the left fielder Drew Michaki. Got to go back to that play though out in left field, Jonesy. And, and I'm sure Upper Arlington probably thinking about that one right now too. A play that may have been a catch out in left field. In fact, right now the home plate umpire looking over at the Upper Arlington dugout and making some kind of a motion towards the dugout. But it looked like the catch may have been made. As the, the left fielder, Jack or Jake Cannon, who is not batting, but he's playing in the field, pulled the ball out of his glove, dropped it, and they ended up giving a hit to Codder at the time, or actually well he, he reached first base at the time But that ended up allowing the Crusaders to have bases loaded no outs.
3: Yeah I'm a little surprised that coach uh, Sam Clark really didn't argue that a little bit more I don't think there's anybody for, certainly from our vantage point looked like he caught it and it came out when he was exchanging to you know reach into the, the glove to get the ball uh, it, it, it really didn't look like it was a close play and you were talking about the it looked like he was leaning up against the, the foul fence when it happened So it was a foul ball, if nothing else. But Machaki took ball one and took called strike, and now
2: foul tips into the glove of Sammy Sasson down to the count one and two. So Bryce Davenport at second base, four runs are in for the Crusaders, thanks in part to that kind of wacky play out in the left field. Machaki grounded out to second base, hit the ball sharply, his first at-bat. one-two pitch, swing and a miss. And Fleming gets a big, much-needed strikeout, second out of the inning. Then will turn the order over back to the top for third baseman Parker Allen.
3: Six strikeouts for Fleming. Uh, he's getting up there in pitches, though. He's up over 70, almost 75, close to 80. I would think that if he can get out of this inning here, that that'll be it for him.
2: And Parker Allen over two. He... Has been a strikeout victim twice, and he'll take a called strike. Two of those six strikeouts Fleming has acquired have come at the expense of Parker Allen, and Fleming steps off the mound as he's a little bit rattled out there about something. Yeah, I think
3: it was the second baseman was kind of jumping in to cover second base, and he stepped off, maybe thinking second baseman was too far out of position. To go ahead and deliver to the plate and it, something upset him with it tried to call his catcher out the catcher I, didn't go yeah
2: that's what i thought he kind of made a motion for the catcher to come out next pitch up high ball one so one and one account to parker allen parker allen hits the ball hard but right at the shortstop who can't make the play the ball off his glove into center field here comes the run to third the runner around third and it's scoring the throw came in but Davenport beats the throw in, and the shortstop can't come up with the play. And coming in to score is Bryce Davenport, and to second base—or no, still at first—is Allen. But that'll be an unearned run as the Crusaders increase their lead now to six to two. Uh,
3: Davenport uh, did a nice job, kind of uh, staying in front of the ball and in front of the fielder. He didn't really get a good look at it. Kind of handcuffed him. He wasn't going to run through it. He waited till the ball went in front of him. And uh, I think it distracted the shortstop, Wetzel. He booted it, and it just trickled out in center field, but that enabled uh, Davenport not only to go to third, but to score as it uh, they couldn't corral it fast enough.
2: Uh, if that play out in left field earlier in the inning was ruled an error, that's two errors that have not helped Fleming's cause here in the inning. And that will bring up the ninth batter in the inning. Ryan Galaney, who hits a ball hard deep towards left field. That ball off the top of the fence. As coming around third and being held up as Parker Allen. Ryan Galaney missed by about one foot of hitting that one out and down the left field line. And that hit right at the very top of the fence. He absolutely tattooed that ball for his second hit of the game.
3: Yes, that thick orange uh lining on top of the fence that's almost like a drainage pipe, that had been a little smaller. I think that's a home run. That's how close it was from going to going out.
2: He absolutely crushed that ball as he's now two for three. Parker Allen, that ball was hit so hard, could only go from first to third. So two on now with two outs. And batting for the second time this inning is first baseman Michael O'Callaghan, the 10th batter to bat in this inning. Runners on second and third, two outs, five runs in. Crusaders leading it six to two. Uh, first pitch, that one will drop in for a called strike. So, up in the count is Charlie Fleming. O'Callaghan calls for timeout. The 0-1 pitch to O'Callaghan. That one will float just a bit outside ball one. That will even up the count at one and one.
3: Well, luck shining on the the Crusaders here to some point, but then they drove a truck through it after that. They're hitting the ball pretty hard right now.
2: Yeah, i have hit the ball pretty hard here a couple of times. And O'Callaghan just missed on that one. Fouls it straight back as Fleming up in the count now one and two. Crusaders put five across here been a couple of errors. Five hits and five runs with a couple of errors helping out. And a one-two pitch, swing and a miss, strike three as O'Callaghan is the seventh strikeout victim for Charlie Fleming. But as mentioned, the Crusaders five runs on five hits, two big upper Arlington errors as the Crusaders Take the lead, heading to the top of the fifth inning. It's Molar 6, Upper Arlington 2 on ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Craftsman Electric's
5: been owned and operated by Charlie and Kay Fisher for over 30 years now. No matter what type of electric work you need, Craftsman Electric can handle it. Find out for yourself why 70% of their customers are repeat customers, 70%, or check them out on Angie's List, where they've received the Super Service Award every year since 2007. Craftsman Electric, dependable, affordable, honest. Call Jessica to schedule service at 513-891-4426 or visit CraftsmanElectric.com. Quality craftsmanship, it's right there in the name.
2: Back here in Roseland at the Cincinnati Reds Youth Academy. The Skyline Chili Reds Futures High School Showcase. A big fourth inning for the Crusaders as they get five runs. They now lead up Arlington by a score of 6-2. and The Crusaders are going to change things up. Justin Hornsmeyer's day is done on the mound. And they're now going to bring in Mr. Perfect, Andrew Diley, to pitch here in relief at the top of the fifth inning.
3: And Diley had the... Uh, pleasure of being the second crusader in history to throw a perfect game was a five-inning win against turpin uh, last week Uh, dominating performance and that's one you got to stick in your pocket say you played at muller high school and you're one of two guys to throw a perfect game.
2: Yeah it's obviously amazing and impressive and when you think about all the the pitchers that have have come through Moeller, all the players that have come through Moeller, that's just the second ever perfect game. Andrew Diley also just yesterday was named as one of the captains for the football team
3: as well, so he's having himself a very nice spring. He is indeed. That's a huge honor and at, you know, with the new regime coming in with Coach Todd Nauman uh, to be named captain and you know, get these guys through the rest of the spring, I guess he won't spend a lot of time with them in the weight room right now, but uh, that's you know, two-sport guy. Being captain of the football team is a big honor.
2: Tim held actually talking to the home plate umpire now to so make sure there's not any other changes. So Andrew Diley in to pitch at this point. Uh, he's this will be his fourth appearance. He's got nine innings pitched, and that ERA is right zero. He has seen three runs come across, but all of them unearned. So we'll have to wait and see if we can figure out if there are any other changes. The Hope Plate are now making a motion over to the Upper Arlington. We'll have to check the Game Changer app, see if they update those stats for us and changes as well. It'll be Tommy Dills leading off for Upper Arlington here in the fifth inning. Dills has gone 0 for 2, flew out to center, And advanced to runner by grounding out to first base, his last at bat. Andrew Diley first pitch in and I be a nice curveball. ball drops in for a called strike one
3: Got the binoculars out. I don't see any other changes on defense no
2: One pitch stays just low ball one 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 so maybe more in the batting order. We'll have to whether or not Diley just in straight for Justin Horsmeyer who was not batting either so Bryce Davenport was hitting for the pitcher's spot uh, that ball fouled off by Tommy Dills. Uh, Andrew Diley up now in a count one and two. Tommy Dills, Jacob Levy, Sammy Sass to bat here in the fifth inning for Upper Arlington.
3: Well, one of the considerations I thought for Hornsmeyer is what would Arlington, Upper Arlington do when they get to see him a third time, uh, how that changes the game, and that's, uh, you know, that's gonna be off the table now with Diley coming in in relief. Diley up in the
2: count one two and that ball off the fist down the
3: third base line
2: and fair that'll get into left field as around first and headed towards second is Tommy Dills here comes the throw but cut off by Galaney. and Dills head first slide into second base so Upper Arlington not going away lead off double for Tommy Dills against Andrew Diley. and that'll bring up the third baseman Jacob Levy
3: hey squeeze that one just inside the third base bag hit it out of the wrong barrel being a lefty sitting it down the third base line so. A uh, nice start for Upper Arlington here in the top of the fifth, just to catch up a little bit with Hornchmeyer. His line was four innings pitch, two hits, two runs both earned, three walks, three strikeouts through 63 pitches.
2: And did hit a batter as well in there. Yeah, the first pitch from Diley to Jacob Levy is strike one. So Upper Arlington with a runner at second base, Tommy Dills here in the top of the fifth inning, swinging a miss into the Glove Quint Morris actually on that foul tip into the glove off the bat of Jacob Levy. So quickly up into count now is Andrew Diley, 0 2. Sammy Sass on deck, the catcher for Upper Arlington. Diley, the 0 2 pitch and a curveball, swing and a miss, and ringing up Jacob Levy. Nice looking curveball there on the 0 2 count. And yeah, late breaker. I think
3: uh, Levy was just, he, he wasn't convinced it was going to be a strike and had to pull the trigger late and really never had a shot at it. It handcuffed him. And uh, so Diley gets a strikeout on his second batter.
2: And I'll bring up catcher Sammy Sass, who had a two run double his last at bat. He hit the ball hard into deep right center field in the dirt. Nice block by Quentin Morris. And the runner Dills at second, not able to advance. the count to Sammy Sass. He'll be headed to Wright State to play baseball. Kind of in between Cincinnati and Columbus. I guess Dayton's kind of out of the way. Not really in between. Sammy Sass waits. 1-0 pitch. And that one grounded by the third baseman. Parker Allen Doe for it, but into left field. Quickly coming in to cut it off chockey And a runner... Tommy Dills only advancing to third base, but Sass with his second hit of the game, and runners on the corners now with one out here in the top of the fifth inning.
3: Nice piece of hitting there to get it in the, uh, the sixth hole between the shortstop and third baseman, but it was hit hard enough that the runner wasn't able to come home from second base. Dills had to hold up at third with a ball in front of him. So
2: that'll bring up Ben Krim, the cleanup hitting right fielder. Krim, a right-handed batter as he will take first pitch just under the knees, ball one. Upper Arlington led two to one before the Crusaders put up a five spot in the fourth inning, but UA coming right back here in the fifth inning now, trying to get back into this one as Krim will take a called strike from Diley. I mentioned Diley had not given up an earned run in his three appearances thus far. But Arlington trying to change that right now. As Ben Krim with runners on the corners and one out here at the top of the fifth inning. That pitch hit on the ground, the second baseman. That window bobbled by the second baseman, Tinney and his only play is going to be to first base. As coming in to score is Tommy Dills, now made at first base, two outs, and on to second base goes Sass, so that ball hit Tenny, kind of coming up on him, and
3: couldn't field it cleanly to try to turn the double play, so it was the only played to first. Looked like a tough hop on that one, and that happened to him against West Claremont, it's the exact same thing, uh, kind of popped up on him, and instead of turning the double play to end the inning, you got a guy that advances to second, and you don't get the double play, run scores.
2: And that'll make it 6-3, to three, Crusaders. This ball hit into second base hole and deep into the hole to play as Tenny actually not hit very hard. Tenney a few steps over, makes the play and throws the first and gets the out. So two plays there by Tenney to end the inning as Upper Arlington does push across a run, but Andrew Diley gets out of the inning as one run, two hits. One runner left on base to the bottom of the fifth inning we go. Crusaders leading up for Arlington 6-3. to three, You're listening to Buller Crusader Baseball on ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports.
5: Ted's Pawn Shop, home of the Tri-State's largest full-line pawn shop at Ted's Pond 2026 Delaware Avenue in Norwood, Ohio. We offer collateral loans on almost anything of value. We also have one of the area's largest selections of pre-owned merchandise to choose from at bargain prices. Diamonds, jewelry, coins, firearms, musical instruments, and tools. Reach us today at 513-631-2112.
2: Back to the Reds at Youth Academy as we hit to the bottom of the fifth inning. New pitcher in for Upper Arlington as we will see the right fielder, or actually the designated hitter, Ethan Hammerberg, come in to pitch now. As may have some changes moving around, we'll have to try and track those down. Hopefully,
3: yeah, Fleming one move from uh, the mound. He moved out to left field, take the spot of Cannon, who was being DH'd for.
2: Yep, so Fleming, the pitcher, will go to left field as pitched pretty good for three innings. That fourth inning though, Crusaders got to him. A couple of errors didn't help the cause, but five hits by the Crusaders and five runs. They now lead it six to three as Ethan Hammerberg in pitch now. See what he has. Besides a very cool name.
0: Yeah. For uh, young man who was acting as a
2: designated hitter. So obviously he can hit the ball. We'll see if he can throw the ball here right now as he will come in to pitch against the Crusaders. Look at the middle of the lineup, John Codner, the center fielder leads off. He was the one that hit that ball, Jones. out to left field, that was kind of the somewhat controversial play that first look, it looked like the left fielder made the catch, but then they rolled it no catch. That was a drop in fair territory. Does it look like a catch and foul ball, and neither call was made?
3: Well, you know, we, we have a tough time seeing out there. We're seeing through screens. We don't have, obviously don't have any replay to work with. But I would be very interested to hear different people's perspective who are down on the field. Uh, you know, Coach Clark, what he what his argument was. I, I think he was pretty calm about the whole thing. Of course, Coach Held has no reason to say anything. Yeah, exactly. He's got a guy on base with it. Uh, just not sure what uh, what the explanation was on that because I think there was. I mean, all of us up here in the press box all thought it was a catch and, and a foul ball, and he called it either way. Either way. And that helped. At that point,
2: Codner on base, and he ended up coming around to score part of that five-run fourth inning. Home plate umpire was just out talking to Ethan Hammerberg. I'm not sure what.
3: The foul ball went off the catcher. He's just giving him a little chance ah. to recover.
2: There you go. And a curveball, and that one gets by the catcher, sass and all the way to the backstop. Counts one and two to John Codner, who is 0 for 2. He did come around to score on that opportunity of reaching base on the error last inning. He was part of 10 batters in that fourth inning. He'll foul that one straight back and out of play. Count remains one and two. It'll be Codner, Bronner, and Morris for the Crusaders. On deck, the Right fielder, Eric Bronner. Right now, Codner down the count one and two, and that one just inside. The UA people thought that was strike three. When that's a right-handed batter, that seems like it's been a strike. But on the left-handed hitting Codner, not so much. Codner batting with the count two and two, but this time he'll swing through it and strike three. Second time Codner struck out in the game, that'll bring up the right fielder, Eric Bronner, who was one for one with a walk. He scored two
3: of the six molar runs. Snagged a couple of stolen bases as well.
2: Bronner left-handed hitter as he will take a called strike from Hammerberg, Ethan Hammerberg. Get a chance to get some looks from Ohio State to go play baseball. So, pretty good talent as he will
3: blow one by Eric Bronner. Strike two. Clearly, clearly Hammerberg has a little bit more power on the fastball than Fleming did. He's just reaching back and throwing it.
2: And he is, and that one just up and out. Ball one.
3: With a Clay Carroll from the Reds used to call that good old. Good old country hardball. Just reach back and throw it as hard as you can.
2: I heard Joe Nux say that once or twice as well. As see one of the Crusaders hockey boys, Drew Toten in attendance here, but called strike three on Eric Bronner. Crusaders kind of been feast or famine today. had nine
3: strikeouts, but also put up six runs. Yeah, you know, again, you've you've got to make the adjustments on what the umpire's calling. That's just a tough pitch to pull the trigger on. Two strikes, you see it outside, you leave it alone, and the umpire's calling that for a strike. Again, he's done it all day long, but I'm still not sure it's a strike. Yeah, you and me
2: both. First pitch of Quentin Morris hits him right between the numbers on the back. So Hammerberg with a hit batter, the catcher, Quentin Morris, and he'll be a two-out base runner, Michael Tenney to the plate. Mentioned Drew Tote. Former hockey player here in attendance. He was uh, named one of the top hockey players in the city of Cincinnati this past year. He had a very great run and great season, and part of a nice team that made a nice little run
3: in the state tournament this year. It's an underrated high school sport. I mean, hockey is—it's fun to watch. It's so fast. I mean, these guys are, you talk about athletes. You know who's got the toughest job who's the best athlete when you're doing what they're doing on skates. (laughs) uh, I'm sorry I I got to give them a nod there.
2: It's a very very growing sport in the city of Cincinnati Probably Columbus a little bit of an upper hand as it's Michael Tenney hitting the ball in the air into shallow right center field as Ben Krem the right fielder comes over he will make the catch talk a little bit more about the high school hockey and more when we return we'll head to the Top of the sixth inning, the Molar Crusaders out in front of Upper Arlington, leading it by a score of 6-3, to Molar Crusader Baseball on ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Now that FedEx has helped us simplify our e-commerce, we can focus on bigger issues, like our passive-aggressive environment. We're
0: not passive-aggressive. We're not passive-aggressive.
6: Hey, hey, hey. There are no bad suggestions here, no matter how lame they are.
0: Well said, Anne. I've always admired how you just say what's in your head, without thinking. Very brave.
6: Good point, Ted. You're living proof that looks aren't everything. Thank you. Welcome.
0: So... FedEx helps simplify our e-commerce business, and
4: this is not a passive-aggressive environment. I just want to say you guys are doing a great job. What's that supposed to mean? FedEx, helping small business simplify e-commerce.
6: Filling an opening at your company means more than just finding it.
2: Back here at the Cincinnati Reds Youth Academy, the Procter & Gamble Cincinnati Reds Youth Academy. Great facility here, helping promote high school baseball as the Crusaders leading Upper Arlington part of the Reds Futures High School Showcase presented by Skyline Chili as well as you, Cincinnati Children's Sports and Orthopedics. Great promotion of, of high school baseball. Just before the break we were talking about high school hockey, and, and ironically, Moeller, there is not really a, a great formation of, of high school hockey in, in the city of Cincinnati. It's growing But Moeller actually plays in a different conference, not the GCL in hockey. They play in a conference that includes Upper Arlington in hockey. So Moeller and Upper Arlington are familiar with each other in in a lot of other sports, including hockey that we were talking about before. And hockey, of course, had a great opportunity to play. We're in the shadows of what used to be the Cincinnati Gardens. We're just a block away from where my former place of employment for a number of years
3: How is it for you driving uh, by there, not seeing I that building there anymore? I don't go that Yeah, <laughs> that's probably a good idea.
2: <laughs> I don't want to look like a big, baby oh. driving by and just seeing a pile of dirt now. It's not a good feeling, that's for sure. But this place, though, great, the Youth Academy and, and what it does for high school baseball as Andrew Diley and for his second inning of work as he is facing Danny Jask at the second baseman and up, or actually count even at one and one that ball fouled straight back. This place in, in what the Reds tried to do to promote not only high school baseball and youth baseball, but baseball in the inner city as well and try and give opportunities for, for kids to play that maybe not have opportunities to play baseball. As I
3: recall, this complex was a fair amount smaller. The land was here, but the fields weren't developed as, as deeply and it was a Cincinnati recreation uh, facility where you know, it was just for the community and uh, maintained through them. Reds get involved, and now you've got a whole different ball game here. I mean, new dugouts, this grandstand where the seats are covered, concession stands, bathrooms, the, the big building, the academy building off to our right on the right field line with all the indoor facilities. Yeah. You know, two turfed fields, a softball complex.
2: Two hopper to Ryan Gallady at shortstop and a strong throw over oh to O'Callaghan. Danny Jaskett, a one uh, first leadoff hitter out uh, as he grounds out to Gawaini yeah, the The inside facility that, that is over here at the, the youth academy is just phenomenal the, the cages that are in there but there's also a nice turfed area that you can do the infield drills and so a lot of young kids get a chance to come in here and work in the off season, And it's not just, you mentioned it earlier, it's not just baseball, but it's also softball as well.
3: Right. And that, you know, I think that was one of the focuses too, is to, to include the girls in on this to try to give them an opportunity. You know, they turn into fans too. They want their, you know, the Reds want them down uh, you know, down as, as fans and watching TV and going down to GABP. Their money spends. Yes, it does. <laughs> and you know, quite frankly, it, it spins pretty well. I think it does. Sometimes more than we
2: would like. Andrew Wetzel, the shortstop, he is 0 for 2. Yes, he lined out to Drew Machaki in left field, his last at bat, a nice catch by Machaki last time. He foul tips that ball into Quentin Morris's glove. Andrew Diley up in the count now, one and two. In the way the Reds and the Pirates getting underway in Pittsburgh. Going on with the red legs. That ball nubbed to shortstop. Slow roller, Galaney Fields on the run, throws, and gets his man at first base. As Ryan Galaney, he is a solid, solid ball player. I mentioned he'll be going to play his college ball at Wofford. He committed when he was just a sophomore to go and play at Wofford, but also was a backup goalkeeper on the soccer team. Ryan Galaney's a heck of a ball player two outs. Charlie Fleming starting pitcher now playing a left field he is batting as he will swing through the first pitch from Diley. Strike one Fleming flew out to center as last at bat. Also a fielder's choice Andrew Diley deals in a one-hopper, oh, and that one hopper and now it takes a bad hop over Parker Allen and gets by him into left field for a base hit and Certainly Fleming got the top spin on that one and puts that one into left field. Fleming actually bent over at first base. I don't know if he hit the first base bag awkwardly, but he's kind of jogging gingerly down the right field line after he gets that base hit into left field. That took a bad bounce on Parker Allen.
3: Yeah, that went right by his ears. Glove was down on the ground waiting for that second hop and a thing popped up and fortunately went by him instead of right into his nose.
2: Sure, the teeth would have taken a little bit of a beating on that one as well.
3: Charlie Fleming, looks like he's not
2: going to be able to stay as we're going to see a runner come in for Fleming. John Ford coming off the bench, and he is going to run for Charlie Fleming. So we'll see if Charlie Fleming can make it back out into left field his next at bat, but the inning stays alive for center fielder Steven Bear. Bear had a double his first at bat and came around to score. Drew Diley pitching in his second inning here for the Crusaders as they lead it six to three, top of the sixth inning. Crusaders will join off day tomorrow, then get back at it, and they will get into some GCL play later on this week, Jonesy.
3: Yeah, it's going to get big here. I know they had Moeller had the one game against LaSalle and whipped up on him pretty good last week, but uh, you know you go over to Elder and host Saint X this week. That's why we're not going to see, you know, the pitching we might have seen otherwise. You've got to get ready for that GCL conference play.
2: First pitch into Bear, and he'll foul. That one off the handles over the third base dugout. Josie, we're going to have one of those games. Moeller will play at Elder on Monday, and at St. X, we're going to do that game over at Shuler Park on Wednesday, April the 10th, against the St. Xavier Bombers. Nice curveball in for a called strike two on Bear.
3: So we got the pack on Monday and uh, Schuller on Wednesday. Get to see a good part of the GCL.
2: Yeah, and as you mentioned, already played LaSalle last week and <laughs> beat the Lancers 11 to 1. Andrew Diley will step off as nice lead by John Ford over at first base. We'll drive him back. 6 3, Crusaders leading here in the sixth inning. Andrew Diley, 0-2 pitch, and this one hit the other way, and third baseman Allen can't make a play on that one as that got under his glove and into left field, and
3: two runners on now with two outs against Diley. How do you rule that one? Well, it was a base hit just because I think he was waiting for the ball to come up like it did last time, on and uh, it stayed stayed down. So he may have been a little gun-shy to put his glove down too low on that one, kept his glove, you know, about mid-thigh, and the ball just stayed down underneath his glove, so... They got something rolling here, first and second, with two outs. Not exactly killing the ball, but, you know, you take what you can get.
2: Yeah, you do. And tying run at the plate now, and Tommy Dills, who had a double his last at-bat, came around to score last inning. Crusaders leading it 6-3, to three, but Upper Arlington hanging around. In the sixth inning, Tommy Dills – one for three on the day as he will hit this one in the air high towards center field. John Codner spins around, tracks the ball down. He reaches up and makes the catch as Tommy Dills did not miss that one by much, but Cotner makes the catch and the Crusaders escape out of that one as there are no runs, two hits, two runners left on base. Crusaders coming to bat for what they hope will be the final time as they lead it by a score of six to three on ESPN media powered by Sidearm Sports.
6: Filling an opening at your company means more than just finding an employee. You're looking for a fit, a match.
2: Crusaders leading as they come to bat here in the bottom of the sixth inning with Mike Jones, Greg Waddell here from the Cincinnati Reds Urban Youth Academy and the Reds Futures High School Showcase. I think in all in all, there's going to be, what, 40 games, something like that, through this whole showcase. Some of the games here at the the Youth Academy, some of them will be around different high school venues. Uh, They go to some of the nice other kind of neutral site venues around. Know in years past, they've been over at Prasco Park and done some games there. So,
3: yeah, I don't know if they ever have any um, games at GABP. Was that part of the this? Uh, I think thing? they do. Yeah, that, that's always a nice feature too. But uh, you know, this is this is a great opportunity for people to get close. And uh, you know, I think with a ticket price of five bucks and you get a get a free Coney and, uh, and, and reds okay. voucher, reds yep. voucher. So you know, it's uh, it's good all the way around. You can't lose on this
2: one. Absolutely. So it, obviously, you know to get the Columbus schools involved. Tom Gamble knows what he's doing. He, he just loves to make these things kind of, not just locally, but kind of regionalized as well as batting as Bryce Davenport had a big two-run double in the what was a five-run fourth inning for the Crusaders. Foul ball came flying back into the field after Davenport fouled it out of play. It is such a good deal, though, that Get out and and, and see some high school baseball, and and there's pretty darn good baseball in the city of Cincinnati. There always has been, and uh, Tom Gamble does a good job of of trying to make good matchups as well with these games, and and have them very evenly matched. As that one will be a called strike on Bryce Davenport, and that will ring him up second time he's been called out on strikes today.
3: Well, Hammerberg is not. uh, he, didn't, he wasn't sleeping when Fleming was pitching. He's figured out that that outside corner, especially the lefties, is, is a way to go. So he gets a call strike three on that play.
2: I'll bring up the left fielder, Drew Machaki, who one of the strikeout victims. He'll take a called strike. Fleming had seven strikeouts, and that's now three strikeouts for Ethan Hammerberg. Reaching out, poking that one foul is Machaki, and he's now down to the count 0-2. 6-3 to three here, bottom of the sixth inning. Crusaders like to finish this one off and not have what happened last night go 10 innings. And Machaki will lay off that off-speed pitch that stays up for ball one. Ten inning game. Ten innings in, baseball, in high school baseball, that's a long game.
3: Yeah, they had a 2-0 lead going into the bottom of the sixth, and Ryle scored two with no RBI involved in either play. One was, I think, on a pass ball, and the other was a steal of home. Which cool. turned it was a double steal, and they went to get the guy at second. The guy from third uh, scored, but uh, they able to hang on in ten and come back and win that game.
2: Chalky fouls went just out of the glove of the catcher, Sass, to stay alive, count two and two. Yeah, so then that game ends up going 10 innings yeah. before it's all said and done with.
3: Well, Moores had to come back in most, uh, probably five of their six, maybe four of their six wins. They were down uh, during, the, during the course of the game. In fact, against West Claremont, they were down. Then they went up. They went back down again and came back to win. So they haven't been beating people up. They haven't been outscoring them much. Uh, I think uh, Upper Arlington is 3-2. They've played five games. They've played four one-run games.
2: 2-2 pitch, swing and a miss, says Pulling the strings is Hammerberg. Wachaki swings through that off-speed pitch, and now four strikeouts and six batters for Hammerberg, and I'll turn it back to the top of the order with Parker
3: Allen. Yeah, we're gonna do a fair amount of games this year. We'll have to keep an eye on one of the stats uh, for Moeller this year. Uh, Coach Held came into the season with 278 wins now bumped that up to 284 with a six win. So he's bearing down on the 300 mark and with a good season, we'll get it this year.
2: Pretty impressive numbers. And of course, in the shoe steps of Mike Cameron, that ball hit in the air deep into left center field and that'll get in between the outfielders and go to the wall. Parker Allen will coast into second base with a two out stand up double as he went off the fence out in deep left center field for his first hit of the game.
3: Well, that'll help it. salvage a tough day for him with his first striking out in his first two at-bats and reaching on an error in the fourth. So that one, well-struck, went all the way out to the Children's Hospital sign uh, down at the in left center for a double.
2: And that'll allow Ryan Galaney to bat again, who was two for three. He lined one off the top of the fence, his last at-bat, just missed a home run. That curveball called strike. Oh, man, I thought the... He tried to reach out for that one, but called strike on Galaney, but he's had himself a nice day. Take that one in the dirt ball one. Galaney came in hitting 4.09 to start the season. He had nine hits, now has 11 hits, including three doubles. Also has a triple this year. Crusaders as a team have just one home run, but Galaney missed by about a foot. Last at bat. He'll hit this one high in the air the other direction on the infield. The second baseman coasting out into shallow right field. And Jaskot reaches up. He will make the catch as Glaney didn't miss by much on that one. But that will bring it in to the sixth inning. As the Crusaders had one run, or uh, no runs, one hit, one runner left on base. We'll head to the seventh inning. It's Moeller out in front of Upper Arlington trying to close it out, leading the Golden Bears 6-3 to three on ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports.
0: Do we really have to choose him to be our next spokesperson? Seems like a good fit. But he's
2: so boring.
6: I'm yawning just talking about him. Well, it's our job to change that. Uh, guys, I think you can hear us.
2: Hmm,
0: sounds like you're on the fence. Why don't I just leave you my resume? <laughs> yes, it's laminated.
4: Mm, no, thanks. You're
0: hired.
5: Caramel has been square for far too long.
3: Uh, ow.
5: Try caramel M&M's.
2: Top of the seventh inning here at the Cincinnati Reds Youth Academy. And the Reds and Futures High School Showcase Moeller out in front of Upper Arlington, leading it by a 6-3 to three count. With Mike Jones, Greg Waddell here. Andrew Diley trying to close things out. He's Mr. Perfect, but he also has one save on the season and gunning for save number two here.
3: Yeah, what a great thrill for him earlier in the year against Turpin and then he comes off of that performance and his first guy that he faces gets a base hit on him today. So yeah. It ended quickly. But that's uh, all right. Yeah, yeah, Get that out yeah. of the way quickly. Very, very capable guy. You know, they're, they're keeping him. This will be his, what, third inning of work. And um, he's, you know, got to keep him ready for something that's going to come up this week against uh, Elder or St. X.
2: He did give up a run in the uh, fifth inning. It was the first earned run he's allowed this year. He's a have One run on four hits as he will get the top of the order. Tommy Dills, or I'm sorry, Jacob Levy leading off to start the top of the seventh for Upper Arlington. Levy is 0 for 2. He walked and scored. He hits the ball high in the air to left field and now get over the head of a and hit off the fence as a throw coming towards second base. The throw in, but not in time. The tag was close as... Michael Tinney got the tag down. He looked a little bit frustrated. A lot of the Crusaders jumped up and down. They thought it was out, and so does Tim Held. He's going to come out and argue.
3: Yeah, you know, it was a—it very much of a bang-bang play. Honestly, I thought the umpire was possibly a step late getting there. I don't think anybody expected that ball. I mean, it one hop the fence. I don't think anybody really expected a play. Was a little bit of a surprise there. He called it quickly. Tim's made his point. Uh, obviously not going to change his mind. That it, was, it was a bang-bang play. It wasn't a clear-cut miss, but... Uh, you know, you, you got to give your boys credit for playing that ball well and getting that tag down. That's, uh, You know, it was a one-hopper and a quick tag getting down. Machagi yeah, got the, the, ball the ball off the
2: fence and sent it to the cutoff man, Galaney, who got it right into Tenney. That was a very, very close play. But the minute Blue of had some tough ones to call here today.
3: Yeah, to think about this game really has turned on, on that one play out in the left-field uh. corner now. They had a chance to get out of it, and Moeller continued to hit the ball. But nonetheless, that, that changed the game big time.
2: The weird thing was it didn't seem like Upper Arlington put up as much of a fight for a call that, that seemed blatantly incorrect.
3: Well, Yeah. I, I, again, I can't wait to – people listen to us today. We'll listen again on Monday. We'll be able to get some more details for you on, on what that call was. No, you didn't get to see it, but it looked like a clear catch, and the guy was taking the ball out of his glove – and it came out, and they, they called it a base hit, Well, oh. they called the ball safe. And not only was it a, I thought it was a catch, I also thought it was in foul, foul territory. Wolf.
2: Exactly. Slow roller Ryan Galaney makes the play and throws out Sammy Sass at first
3: base as the runner Jacob Levy does not advance at second base. Galaney's looked good at shortstop today. He's had some tough plays, some close, some close plays at first base, and shown his arm off, made some nice, nice uh, grabs out there.
2: And so one-on-one-out, Ben Krem, the right fielder who on the day is 0 for 2. He walked Woo-hoo! once, struck out as well. Did have an RBI last at bat. RBI ground out as he takes ball one from Andrew Diley. Diley tried to close this one out. Upper Arlington just not going away as that one fouled straight back by Krem. Mentioned earlier, Ben Krem will be headed to Penn to be a punter on the football team. And obviously a very smart young man, to say the very least. And i got to thank my buddy Mike Fleming, who good college buddy back in the days of Bowling Green a few years ago as that one lined right back up the middle and into center field for a base hit. That ball hit so hard, though, that not able to come to score with Levy, he can only get to third base. As Ben Kram gets the one out base hit, puts runners on the corner.
3: Well, different circumstance, you may send him from second base, send him on from third, but when you're down by six to three score and you've only got got one out in the inning, you gotta play it safe there. So they got a first and third situation now.
2: Ethan Hammerberg, he's a big kid. As we mentioned, again, getting Looks from Ohio State to possibly be a preferred walk-on there. That is, start talking Big Ten baseball like that. You've got some skills, with a Z. Mound visit by the catcher for the Crusaders. Quentin Morris. The rest of the infield joins in with just one out.
3: I got to think or concede the the run on a ground ball and with the option of a double play situation if they can get it. Right now, third baseman's in, just maybe a step behind the baseline. Middle infielders are back. First baseman's obviously holding on the runner at first.
2: And the outfield pretty much straight away as well to the left-handed hitting, designated hitter Ethan Hammerberg, who is 0 for 2, also got hit by a pitch his first at bat. Andrew Diley trying to close it down as a little off-speed pitch, and that'll catch the outside corner for strike one.
3: We haven't called that outside corner strike too often today, have we? I Not mean, the least. I, wow.
2: <laughs> Except every other pitch, it seems like. Diley deals, but that an one up and outside ball one. I think it was a pitch out, but Quint Morris almost standing up to take that pitch like it was. No motion by the man at first base, Ben Kramp, It was a pretty big kid. And uh, 1-1 pitch in at the knees called strike two. Yeah. Amberberg let <laughs> a good one go. He well,
3: he can't do anything with that pitch. That's that's on the knees on the outside corner. That's a pitcher's pitch. He can't take it again or he'll be sitting on the bench. But uh, the end of the game. that was that was a good pitch.
2: Diley up. 1-2. And that one, oh, everybody froze. But ball two. <laughs> Amberberg froze. Quentin Morris froze. The umpire didn't make a motion to call it. Ends up being ball two.
3: Well, depending on which side of the field you're on, there are some smiles and there are some, some eyebrows team. being raised.
2: Andrew Diley dealing to Ethan Hammersberg, 2 2. That ball hit on the ground, one hopper. In the first baseman throws the second back to first. Double cover. play to end the game. A 3 to 6 to 1 double play is coming over to cover first base. Was the pitcher Andrew Diley in and a great throw? on the return from Ryan Galaney to get the double play to end the game on a ball hit sharply by Ethan Hammersburg. And the Crusaders will hang on to win this game over Upper Arlington on a nice play to end the game 6-3. to three. That was
3: a big league play. You know, there's a lot of times major league guys won't get that done. I mean, Diley's got to get over there to cover the base. That's the... The last and the toughest part over is to get over there on the run, stop, and have a throw be on the money. That was big league. Interesting thing was the guy from third never broke home. <laughs> he yeah. would, you know, if they would have gotten the force out at second and nothing happened, they wouldn't have scored a run anyway. So, boy, that that was an outstanding play to end the game. Diley uh, did a great job with, with that, with O'Callahan getting the throw to Galaney right on the money on the first part of that. It was hit pretty sharply, and the return throw back to uh, Diley was right on the money. That's that's outstanding. So the final numbers in this
2: game, the Crusaders with six runs, eight hits. No errors. They strand five and for Upper Arlington. They have three runs on eight hits, but two very big errors, Jonesy, including that kind of that very weird play out in left field that, that kind of opened the floodgates for the Crusaders as the Upper Arlington leaves six runners on base. Crusaders get the 6-3 win. And the winning pitcher for the Crusaders is Justin Hornsmeyer as he will pick up his first decision on the year. He is 1-0, and a tough luck loser is Charlie Fleming. As that error, though, kind of mentioning it, one of those two errors in that fourth inning kind of opened the floodgates, but the Crusaders took advantage of it.
3: Yeah, it was, uh, you know, they they really had to do that in order to win the game. It's a little surprising that they got the opportunity, but... But there you go. You know you got to play the game, and uh, Michael Tenney is now being honored as being the player of the game uh, by the, uh, the the showcase. He was two for three on
2: the day and had three RBI in the game. So we see the son of Tom Gamble out there making the presentation to uh, Michael Tenney. He'll get a chance, and one of the cool features of this Reds high school uh, futures high school showcase. Are the the teams get to march? They call it the march at the majors at one of the Reds games. It's on a Sunday in May that uh, they'll get a chance to do that. And then the players that are honored as the players of the game actually will uh, get their picture taken and, and they get honored and receive their game bat or like their MVP game bat. At that game, so it's it's kind of another one of the nice little touches that Tom Gamble and his group does with this Reds Futures High School Showcase. There's
3: just no downside. Everything's good at every angle that they run this thing. The locations, this, the circumstances, this, the scheduling, the teams that you get to play. You buy a ticket, the fans get benefit up one side, down the other. It's just a win-win. It's it's great. That's uh, uh, you know, you just gotta hope for good baseball and good good weather for good weather poor, yeah. for these poor kids because sometimes, uh, I know Tom Gamble is just sometimes just ringing his. His hands and having to make all the adjustments on the schedule.
2: Yeah, that he does. It's never easy. And we know the athletic directors go through that same thing here during the uh, spring when they have to try to reschedule some of these games. Some games you just can't reschedule. But in a game like this, when you got a team from Columbus coming down, it's pretty much you get one crack at, at scheduling this game. And if the weather, doesn't cooperate then
3: yeah what are you going to do then i think you just i don't know if you bang that one or not
2: yeah usually you do but crusaders today they get a big five run fourth inning as they come from behind and beat upper arlington by a final score of six to three the crusaders with the win go to seven and one on the season and next we'll play at elder at the panther athletic complex better known as the pack they will do that on monday and then wednesday they'll be at their home park at schuler field over in the Montgomery area, that will be a 5 o'clock first pitch against the St. Xavier Bombers. Jonesy, you and I are going to be there for that We one. will be
3: there for that. That will be a good one. Coach Sherlock is, uh, X has come out of the, the gate a little bit slow so far this year, uh, but uh, Coach Sherlock has really elevated that program, uh, in my eyes anyway, to what, uh, where they had been before. So uh, that's, always, that's always a good matchup.
2: And, and I'm just going to throw this little nugget out there. There's an outside chance that maybe we'll be at the pack on Monday too. Keep your fingers crossed I, on that
3: one. I thought that was a definite. Uh, I, I'm just, we're, we're
2: still waiting still for final wa- clearance, according to uh, General Ebel. So well, we'll, we will wait on that one. And Chief Tom Gamble, that's not part of the, the Reds' future showcase, no. but it's a GCL matchup, and it's a fun one. We always have fun going over to the pack and calling games. They've always been very, very accommodating. So I'm, I'm going to guess it's. It's nearly a done day. Well,
3: if, if anybody can make it, can get it done, Coach Ebel will get it done. <laughs> that he will. So, Jonesy, great
2: doing our, our first baseball broadcast of the year. I know you and I will have a chance to do a number of games before it's said, done with. And I know you and Skinny are going to do some games uh, through the way. I'll, I'll have some conflicts through some lacrosse and some other issues going on. So, uh, it'll be the first of a number of games. And ho- hopefully, well, actually, you know what? I don't know if we'll do a Tim Held podcast Monday. Although, we usually try to do that before lunchtime. Where coach gets a chance to come over from school to to our offices, so maybe maybe not, not sure if we'll have a podcast from Coach Tim held on Monday or not, but hopefully we'll have the broadcast of the game for sure Wednesday, whether or right. not weather cooperates. So, but uh, Jody, great catching up with you. Appreciate uh, here. all your help and uh, great broadcast today as the Crusaders get the win over Upper Arlington by a final score of six to three. Again, thanks to the folks here at the Reds Youth Academy, do a wonderful job. And, again, part of the Reds Futures High School Showcase. As always, big thanks to the Cincinnati Reds. Charlie Frank, the Reds Community Fund, they uh, obviously are a big part of all this as well. So thanks to all of them. Thanks to my son and our producer, 2016 Molar grad, Zach Waddell, and to our executive producer, Coach-in-Chief, Rob Ebel. For Mike Jones, Greg, what else say it so long? Thanks again for listening to Crusader Baseball as they defeat the Upper Arlington Golden Bears by a final score of 6-3 on ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports.
4: The winner takes off It's the thrill of one more kill, The last one to foul We'll never
1: sacrifice their will Don't ever look back on the world closer